ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey, it's Kat. And actually, it's Pat. And actually, we're randomly the host of a podcast called Seek Treatment. And to Pat, tell them what's it, what's it about. It's actually a podcast about boys, sex, dating, and love. Each week, we invite an exciting guest. And we do our very best not to be boring towards them or even towards you, the listener. We try to say interesting things are actually so hilarious that you laugh your ass off. And after your ass falls the heck off, we guide our guests towards the most important question of all. Who are you? Who, who are, are you? you? And, and who, who do you, you want to be? be? So if you liked what this was. Have you heard this and said, <laughs> I love what this is. <laughs> then like and subscribe. To see treatment. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. He's got a podcast, old spice and miles and miles of pubic lice. STG, fridge, freeze, he's a proper naughty geese. Chatting bollocks, shit stains, moist stains and airy touching. Jimmy Savile tracksuits from a mush and shepherd's bush. Bush, 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 bush. He'll make you laugh, he'll make you wee. He'll shag your mum for no money. A maphrodite hat on the door. Don't cry, it's only a joke, you silly mush. <laughs> Don't stress, beat the beat. Moisturies on eat. Don't stress, beat the beat. Say, take a seat. Airy feet, not much air. Massive tits. Beat the beat. Beat the beat. Airy feet. You're listening to Chatting Bollocks of Daniel O'Reilly. What a plonker he really is hello and welcome to another episode of chatting bollocks i've got my um good friend business partner on some things um mentor uh mentor <laughs> mentor <laughs> uh <coughs> terry stone or t- uh, terry turbo as he used to be called film producer actor what else director director writer, entrepreneur entrepreneur and good guy scary guy <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, do you know well, something? I, I, I've just got to say that I, I yeah. was flattered that um, you put up a post saying that I'm the only person you find offensive. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that, you, you know, that is... me, didn't you? You DM'd me and you it. said, are you being serious? And I was like, no, I'm yeah, no, no, you were being serious. Yeah. But I think your mate Foxy is, is much better. He topped it, didn't he? He, he topped it with... <laughs> let's not go into what he done, but he topped it, didn't he? he Ex-mate fucking wanker he is. Um, Terry, let's start with... Um, and I think, actually, that's why we probably got on, because when we first... How did we meet? How, I can't remember how we met. Um, how did we meet? On that dating app. <laughs> Finder. <laughs> Don't you remember? <laughs> well, I, I can't remember. I, I, I thought we were actually talking about some, some proper stuff today. No, 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 no. We're no. talking bollocks, basically. Yeah, we're talking bollocks. Okay, well, we met on Grinder, <laughs> Fuck off. And um, we fell in love. And, and he said, whatever yeah. you do, don't tell the missus. And I went, okay. Your secret's safe from me. He done, a, he, he done a Harvey Weinstein on me, didn't he? Because I wanted to be in a film. I said, do you want to be in the film or not? <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not go there. Come up to my hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> um... 
but no, when we first met, um, we, we were talking about different projects, and I think uh, Fanged Up, wasn't it? It yeah. was Fanged Up. Yeah. And uh, certainly when we sat down and we'd, there was this t- uh, two people in your um, producing team. It's you and Richard. That's right. And uh, Richard is the brains. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the brains and the looks. And the looks. And you're the, you're like the, you're the deal man, aren't you? You get the deals done. Do you know what? I d- we, we, what we do, we compliment each other, you know. And, yeah. and uh, you know, he, he's really good in areas that I'm not particularly good at. Mm. And, and it, he enjoys... Reading legal agreements and he enjoys, <laughs> I know, you know, weird, looking at he? facts and figures, and yeah. you know, I like doing all that as well. But for me, I like finding the content, and, yeah. you know, getting it all done, and yeah, and you, you know, like the show business side of things, don't yeah. you? The events, the and fun that. stuff. I mean, yeah. we like we had the great premiere. It's a shame you was um, doing your theatre thing yeah. um, last week. We had um, the world premiere for the United Nation Three Decades yeah. of Drum and Bass. So, and it was funny because there was probably two or three hundred. Ravers there that bought tickets. Yeah. There was two, two or three hundred investors. There was two or three hundred celebs. Um, celebs. There yeah. was two or three hundred people from the scene. So you had all these like people like jumping about, and you could see them looking, going, "I'm sure that's Kenny Ken. <laughs> I'm sure that's MC Debt." And, and I'm just wondering about everyone's partying. It was, it it was, was a wicked, really good yeah. night. Really good night. Um, what I was going to say, we'll get on to One Nation. What I was going to say though is, it's quite funny that you say that about Rich because I've when I used to send him invoices when we we done work together. Right. He'd go, he'd look at my invoice and go, oh, do you know what? You probably should lay this out a little bit differently. And I've checked, looked on companies' house and you've got different companies and really getting right. into, and I think, <laughs> fucking, you are a geek, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Talking to my accountant about how he can lay things out better for me. Uh, it's funny, but in meetings, it w- the reason why I used to love coming to meetings because he'd be trying to get things done with me, seriously talking about what we're doing with scripts and filming dates and stuff like that. And you'd just be fucking taking a piss. All the time. Really? Yeah. And I used to love that. Right. <laughs> I'm not even going to say some of the stuff, but I can right. remember walking, when I first met you, I remember walking away from some meetings thinking he's going to get me in so much trouble putting that shit in my head. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, Terry made me do it. Yeah. <laughs> but on a serious note, you yeah. definitely are someone that fucking gets gets things done. And it's it, it was great. It was great to start working with you. And we, we started off on Fanged Up. That's yeah, what that we did first. Movie together, which yeah. Was, which, you know, it's, it, was, it was a fun movie. Yeah. It had never been done. And, and what was interesting about that movie was, you know, we had, I think the combined reach of the social media stars that you bought on was a billion. Yeah, it's mad, um, wasn't it? So yeah. it was a lot of people. And, um, you know, we, we combined that with, like, WWE star Stu Bennett. Yeah. We had some proper actors like Stephen Burkhoff and Vass Blackwood. Yeah, so really we, we good had, cast. It was a real yeah. mix, wasn't it? We, yeah. had, we had, like, you know, TV actors, film actors. We had social media stars. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I think we ended up with, with a fun film. But I think... That comedy horror stuff. It's um, real niche Well, no, I just think it's that thing where, you know, when we released it, you know, we, mm. we, we had a hard time getting it into the retailers. Yeah. And it's it, to me, it's just, you know, if, if a film's good mm. and people are going to go in and buy it, yeah. if you're a retailer, why would you care? You yeah. know, but it was just it just seems like pettiness. And, and yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, we knew that we was going to have some difficulty because around that time, I was still a little bit toxic and you took you did take a massive punt on me doing it. Um, you know, give you know, allowing me to do it and doing it and taking but, a punt. But the re- but the reason we 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 did it was because we you know look, I, I've listened to a load of stand up comedians. I've been to a load of stand up comedy mm. shows and I've seen Ricky Gervais and Jack yeah. J- um not Jack the um uh, uh are you thinking of the cat the tenor, uh, Jimmy Carr oh Jimmy Carr yeah, terrible so, yeah he's so, so you know, naughty yeah uh, f- uh, Frankie Ball you know you listen to these people. And, you know, they're joking about really bad things, right? Yeah. And you just think, why aren't you getting yeah. pulled up? Why, yeah. why are people laughing at your jokes, you know? And then we just went, you know what? You just had a bad, you know. <clears throat> I, f- I think 
sometimes if you if you say the wrong thing in wrong place wrong time yeah you get persecuted for it forever and i think unfortunately that's what happened to you and yeah. uh, you've obviously been fighting it ever since and you probably still find it now and it's sort of like look yeah. it was 10 years how long ago was it 10 years ago six seven years ago yeah. so you sort of think you know we have moved on a bit you know yeah I've <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's you know, mad but it's, it's that thing where i think you know look everybody has said or done something silly or bad yeah or they were drunk or you know n- nobody can say oh, i've never said anything wrong or yeah. any- anything politically incorrect or i've never made a bad joke mm. or i've never laughed at anything inappropriate so I think, you know, really, people have to just sort of I think, think people are getting over it in general. People yeah. are pissed off with people being pissed off anyway now. I think that's sort of, that's sort of changing. I think the new, the new trend is the, the people that are woke or the people that are saying, you know, we mustn't do this, we mustn't do that. It seems that, you know, they're only saying that yeah. um, but because you don't agree with what they're saying. Yeah, it's so if you up. say, if you say, yeah, I agree with you, it's fine. But if you say anything they don't like, then all of a sudden you're a bad guy, you're a bad yeah. girl or you know, your right wing or your, you know, whatever, mm. you know. But the reality is, you know, once upon a time, we actually did have a sense of humour in this country. I know, it is sad, isn't it? And, g- and people, you know, when I grew up, I mean, I'm 49, right? So, you know, I grew up in the 70s, but everybody took the piss out of everybody, whether you was fat, whether you were skinny, whether you were white, whether you were black. It didn't matter. Everybody yeah. got the piss taken out of them. So when you left school, when somebody did take piss out, you were just like, fuck off, mate. You didn't burst <laughs> yeah. into tears and sort of, you know, uh, yeah. break down because <coughs> someone said something to you you didn't like. Yeah. And in the real world, people do say horrible things to yeah. people. So I think you do have to... I think it's a, a really good point now that the kids, uh, certainly that are coming up in the generation below us, are so are going to be so protected now from, from abuse. Uh, not abuse even, but from humour that... To a certain point, when they do get out into the real world and when someone does say something and it does upset them, they're going to be a, like, well, I guess like what they say, snowflakes. Well, I think, but I think, I think, what one, you, you know, obviously mm. there's a lot of people saying, you know, social media is causing mental health issues and it's yeah. making people depressed and all this stuff. I mean, obviously, if you're a kid and you're growing up and you're looking at social media and everyone looks great, everyone's standing yeah. on it by a yacht or by yeah, Bentley yeah. or, yeah, yeah. you know, they're looking at it, they've got the new watch on and they probably yeah. bought it from the looky, looky man in Marbella for 30 quid. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, but, but you don't see that. You just say, oh, wow, you know, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. got a Rolex or she's got a yeah. pair of Louis Vuitton shoes and all this stuff. And then, and then because you can't afford it, you start feeling like worthless. And, yeah. and, and, and it's, it is a bit of a downward spiral, but I think what people need to understand is that is what you see on social media is what yeah. people want you to see on yeah. social media. Yeah. It's not real. Um, but unfortunately, that's what happens. And I think mm. also, um, you know, I mean, my son is 16 and at his school, um, I think 60% of all the girls between the ages of 13 and 18 are either having some sort of counselling or they're self-harming. No, And you just really? think, you know, Why? Why? Do you know what I mean? It's just mad. How, but how, how could they? It's, you think you haven't experienced enough life to? But, but I think I think what's happened is, you know, social uh, media is giving people the chance to even bully them when they're outside of school. Well, I as think well. I think look, if you're on social media and 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 you're, you you want to go on social because all your mates are on there, and then you get these mugs and they are mugs, yeah, right? yeah. sending you stupid messages going, oh, you this, you that, you're fat, you're ugly, you're, yeah, you're yeah. a shit actor, you're not funny, well, you know, all this bollocks. 
you just think, what have you done? Yeah. Right? Oh, and, and these people, I just, I just wish they'd just come up to me and say it to my face. Don't, yeah, Rather than actually sending me messages on, on, on Twitter <laughs> or whatever. Oh, it fucking winds me up. Because you just think, and the thing yeah. is, I don't respond to them because, yeah. because that's what they want as feed, well. Don't feed the trolls because they want you, to, they want a reaction. Yeah. They want to know that you've read their message. And the thing is, I'm too busy to read their messages. And the, the bottom line is, I don't actually give a fuck what anyone thinks. Yeah. Right? I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm making a living. And if people don't like it, fuck them. And I know that's yeah, no, pretty but bad, but that's no, just how true. it is. No, it's true. I, I'd love to say it don't affect me, but every now I can, I can every now and then. The, the weird thing is, I, on my posts, I get hundreds and hundreds of positive messages. Love you. You're doing well. Congratulations. That was funny. Blah, blah, right. blah. And there can be one twat on there that goes, fuck, this guy ain't even funny. He's a cock. Yeah. And for some reason, I, I'll be like, for the rest of the day, I'm like, fucking who's that fucking prick? <laughs> and I'll be screwing about it. I'll even come back to my phone, reread actually, it. I've just got to put my hands up. It's actually me, Dan. <laughs> yeah. I've got all these fake accounts. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but the worst <laughs> thing is, the worst thing is, if I do lose my rag and I go, see you, you little fucker, when I fucking catch you, and then you <laughs> Click on his profile and he's thirteen. You're like, oh fuck, <laughs> what have I done? But yeah. I think, but I think that I think that I, I, I do actually think, you know, mm. um, I, I'm sure, you know, when I was younger, there, you know, the, the mental, mental health issue thing was around, and I'm sure people did get depressed and people did become yeah. schizophrenic and stuff. But it was obviously a lot less there yeah. than it is now. And and I think sometimes social media has definitely got a massive part in it. Well, I think I think I think as well, you know, if you're thirteen or fourteen, you know, you're kind of f- f- finding your feet. Yeah. Right, you know, you 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 you're not confident, right? Yeah, yeah. and low you know, self esteem. Yeah, and if somebody starts bullying you online or saying something about you're fat or your mum's ugly or haha, you haven't got a dad or whatever it is, you know. I mean, yeah. I had so much abuse when I was. I mean, they used to sing a song to me at school. Go on. Um, um, uh, I won't Terry, Terry, Terry goes to Tesco's wherever he all buys his best clothes. Fuck. Da, 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 da. <laughs> And, and the amount of fights I used to have with people, because I lived in a council house and my mum and dad didn't have any money, yeah, so, so did I, I, yeah. I wore, you know, clothes that weren't uh, weren't, mm. weren't on point or in fashion. So do you get, do you, do you get, does it come back to you when you go in Tesco's now? Do you get? Like no, a, I, it doesn't bother me. I don't actually shop in Tesco's. I think it's called F and F. That's. But 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 the thing is, do, do you know something? Mm. You know, yeah. I'm uh, some people when they talk about their lives yeah. and they say, well, when I grow up, you know, mum dad split up, I had a tough life, mm. I was going to council estate. I look at it all positive because yeah. I think if I hadn't have had that upbringing, then mm. I wouldn't appreciate things like I 100%. do now. Because I think if you just get given everything, hundred percent, you yeah. just take everything for granted because yeah. you think that's the norm. That's normality. Yeah, you're always you're always working, no matter what, aren't you? You're always working. At, I think we're very similar in that. As soon as one project's done, I need the next thing. What's next? And you're always. In fact, you've normally got quite a few things going on, haven't you, at yeah. once with your company? Well, I tell you what. what one thing that I had to go through when I started, because bear in mind, when I was promoting events, you know, I was mm. doing 20 a month and I was yeah. the top of the world. I mean, I was doing, I was the best promoter mm. and, you know, people, some people say, no, they were the best promoter, but I was doing volume. Yeah. I was doing 20,000, 10,000, 5,000. Yeah. You know, we, we, we had Iron Apple, for we were going to Canada. I mean, yeah. it was mad. Right? Just to put this into context, this week, Terry's had two number one documentaries out. Yeah. Um, one of them was my one, Fanatical. Yeah. Which, I say my one, I presented which, for yeah. you. Yeah. No, but it was great, wasn't it? We yeah. had a good laugh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fun. Got got to go over to the red light district in uh we'll talk about that one in a minute, but yeah. the up uh, the One Nation. One Nation and, yeah. and that was your brand back in the day. One That's right. everyone knows fucking One Nation. Yeah. Everyone knows One and, Nation. And if you look at the Tories, mm. they've actually stolen it. So they always talk about One, one Nation. Yeah, so they do. you know, I think Boris needs to pay yeah. up, you know, he yeah. owes me some money. How do people nation, how did but people have said that someone sent me this picture and I did laugh. There's a picture of uh, Boris Johnson 
yeah. President Trump and me with the wig on in foot soldier, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everyone said, spot the difference. <laughs> and I thought that, that to me was just funny. Because, Boris Johnson, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, they both stole my hair. But look, yeah. if, 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 if world leaders are adopting, adopting the Tony Tucker look, then I'm happy yeah. about that. We've got so much to talk <laughs> with. Yeah, that, yeah. That, you'll never live that down, will you? No, but I, do you know something? I'm, 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 the best you embrace thing, it, didn't you? Well, people say to me, oh, you know, um, why don't you get a better wig? And I said, well, go on Google. Type in Tony Tucker Essex boy and look at his hair. It's, it's, there's not that much difference in between mm. my hair and his hair. I mean, it was people used to call him Wiggy. That was his nickname. Yeah. But going back to <coughs> sorry, one, one nation, nation yes. Yeah. Um, you know, when I started that off, you know, I went into that scene as a raver. Yeah. Weren't you a flyer? Uh, well, well, so so there was the, these were the steps. Lost my job. Lost my house. On the dole. Uh, you know, yeah. I was at a low, all-time low. How so old were you then? Um, Eighteen. Right. Oh, okay, yeah. And then someone said, you know, come to this rave. And obviously the rave scene, mm. front page of the paper, people dying on ease and this, that and the other. And I was thinking, bloody hell, you know, these rave things sound really moody. You know, they're illegal and blah, blah, blah. And then mm. everybody started going to them. And then everyone's going, oh, come to the rave, come to the yeah, rave. Yeah. And at the time I was boxing, I was running half marathons and I was anti-drugs. And then literally, um, and my idea of a good night out was going to the pub, going to a club, um, sticky carpets. They mm, used yeah, to have yeah, a yeah. thing called yeah. the erection section where they played slow records and you go up to a girl and go, hey, do you want to dance? Right? <laughs> the erection <laughs> section. Yeah. That's what it was called, the erection section. In a club in Camberley called Ragamuffins. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so up. anybody who, who ever went there will know what I'm talking about. And, um, you know, the end of the night, you'd either have a fight, a kebab, or, or, you you'd, end up, or you'd end up going back yeah, yeah. With, with, with whoever you've been dancing with. But then, if you knew you had a good night when all three happened, yeah, like yeah, you had a fight, a you chimed someone, and, 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 and you got a kebab, and they got laid. Yeah, that does sound um, like a good night. <laughs> um, and then, um, and then, what I did was, um, you know, that was my experience of club club land. Yeah. So these people were going on and on and on and on, and then I sort of folded and I went, okay, I'll come to one of these fucking raves, right? But I'm not mm. taking any drugs. So I've gone to this rave and walked in this thing, and you know. There must have been four girls to every guy. They've all got like hot pants on. Um, all the guys are coming up. You're going, all right, mate, how you doing? Yeah, okay, sweet, I love you and all that. And you're like, fucking everyone's really friendly. And then the girls come up going, come on, have a dance, you know. Fuck Give me you. a massage. You're all coming up, you massage. And I was like, this is fucking unbelievable. <laughs> and I walked in the dance floor and there's 3,000 people all having a fucking good time. There's no trouble. Everyone loves everyone. All the girls are up for a laugh. And I just thought, fucking hell, where, why have I rejected it for so long? Um... And that was when I thought I want to go out. I want to. I want to get in this scene. Um, but back then it was twenty twenty five pound to get in. So wow, okay. obviously, if you're on thirty, that's quid, not. That's not fucking back then. That's expensive now. Yeah, but that was because it was all you know these big dance parties for like twenty thirty. They're like festivals, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but but they were legal, so you mm. go. There'd be a tent in the field with like thirty thousand people, and everyone be paying twenty twenty five quid a ticket. Um, and um, that's a lot of money, but, isn't it? But, yeah. but the dole then was like 40 quid every two weeks. So I'm thinking, how the fuck can I afford to do this? Because someone took me, so they sort of treated me. And then I was thinking, fucking, I really like this. I really want to go out. So then when I come out of this rave, there was people giving out flyers. Yeah. So I pulled the guy up and I said, listen, I said, you got any jobs? He went, yeah. He said, we always need people giving flyers. I said, what'd you get paid? He said, 10 pound a man, right? And at the time I had a load of mates, probably 25, 30 of us. And they was all mad ravers. So... I said to him, I said, well, I can get 25 to 30 people to give these flies out, but can you get us in for free? And he went, yeah, sure. So I phoned all my mates up. I went, listen, I said, I can get us VIP at these raves. You ain't got to pay, but you've got to come out and give some flies out. And I'm going to get paid 10 quid, but you're going to get them free. 
So everyone knew that you got ten pound a man. Yeah. Oh, so so hell. so so bear in mind, mm. back then there was raves Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I can go out all weekend, have a great time, and if Fucking I'm rolling with twenty, twenty five people, I'm I'm now gone from forty pound every two weeks to a, a grand a weekend. Fucking right? amazing, yeah. And then I also thought nobody's selling tickets in Surrey where I lived. So I thought, you know what? Ring all the promoters. So I'd literally get a stack of flyers and I'd be ringing them all up going, you haven't got a ticket to out in Surrey. I'm your man, right? I'll sell you tickets, put my number on the flyer. So then literally, I'll, I, I started getting my name and number on the flyer. Some events you sell 1,000 tickets for, you know, and you get 10% booking fee. So, you know, 10, if you sell 1,000 tickets at 25 quid, and you're getting 10% booking fee on grand, that. Isn't it? Big money. And there'd be two or three of these a week, right? Fucking so I've hell. gone from being on the dole to coming off the dole and then, you know, earning a fucking good living, right? Fucking, yeah. And then after a year of doing that, I thought, you know, I, I put a deposit down on the house bought a nice car and things were going well and I just thought, you know what, nobody's got, there's not a rave magazine but I didn't want to do a geeky magazine, I wanted to do something funny like this. So yeah. we did this film, this this uh, film, we did this magazine called The Scene Magazine and But we, what, just to ask, what was your, why did you want to do the magazine? Did you anticipate selling advertising space in it? Well, no, what happened was I just... Or you just wanted to take no, for No, i what it was. I used to read, like, Mad and Viz and all these, like, comic... comic yeah, and yeah. I thought, there's not one for the rave scene. And I thought, a lot of these ravers are funny, they're going out. So I just did loads of mad stuff where it was like a piss take, right? So you do interviews with people, you send people up. I had an, an argument once with a DJ called Loft Groover, right? So what I did was he was basically cutting me off and I just went... Okay, um, I'm going to do an interview with you, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do an interview with a Hoover. So I got this Hoover with one of them Rastafarian hats with the red dots on, and I was just asking him all these silly questions. And there was a picture of a Hoover in the thing. We interviewed DJ Lost Hoover, you know. So it was just things like that. And then we had my, my mum. My mum um, was the agony aunt, so we put like a little. Um, thing around her head like a scarf and then you had mad glasses with the thick rims yeah yeah and then bravers are writing and say oh you know I've done this I've done that and she'd answer their problems we make it all up you know, yeah yeah of course shit. Um, and then we had a mate in the state page where people send pictures to their and mates, the mates pinging off their up. heads yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking brilliant so it went from like a little 12 page black and white yeah. giveaway to 128 page full colour magazine in Smith so bear in mind I left school with no qualifications so it was in W8 Smiths yeah Fucking hell! Yeah, so I've, I've so I'm, I'm at this point now. It's probably ninety early ninety three where I've got a big magazine. It was like the magazine in the rave scene. Um, I've got the biggest flying company. You know, I set because I had a fallout with them and I ended up setting my own company up. I'm still selling tickets and I was earning a good living. And I, someone said to me, you, "You should do a rave." Yeah, because you right? can advertise it in the magazine. You yeah, do the you flyers the anyway. Sell the tickets. So you're, you're already doing it. Why promote for these people? You can do your own thing. So I thought, well, I'm still going to do that just in case the promoting don't work. So I had the B plan, but the yeah. A plan was... And then there was a, there was a tune um, called One Nation Under a Groove. And I'm not a very good singer, but it was like, One Nation Under a Groove, mm. getting down just for the fun of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I just thought, that's what I'm going to call it, One Nation. And uh, the first flyer had these people with candles on their heads. Right. That's the one that's on the on the front of the documentary. Yeah, that's the, 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 that, documentary. That, was the, that, that was the second. That was the Valentine's experience in two thousand and sorry, nineteen ninety four. But the first one was the introduction of the people with the candles in there. And then someone said to me, "Why have you got people with candles in the red? What's this? Bad? What's the relevance?" And I said, "Well, look, when you're born, right, you have a, a certain amount of time, right, and it's like a candle. And when the when the thing goes out, you go, right." And someone said, that's fucked up. And I said, well, that's where it come from. I just thought, you know, it's like you've got a burning candle. When it, f you're gone. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's where that come from. 
But then everyone, it got everyone talking. They was all going, what the fuck's all that about? And, <laughs> and, no one, and people didn't know I was behind it. So people couldn't pick the phone up and say, oh, Terry, what's the candles on the head thing? So people are now finding out now what it's all about. So it was quite funny. And there was, uh, and there was some imagery that we used, um, you know, mm. in, in when we was doing turbo promotions, which was the flying company, and also in, on the Ray Flyers, yeah. which people pointed out to me later on that they were Illuminati symbols. And I said, well... Oh, what the, like the, triangles, the triangle and yeah. all that stuff. And I said, well, I can assure you that I'm, I'm not in the Illuminati. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, maybe that brought me some luck. I don't know. But um, but that was, um, that was the, and, and literally, the first rave we did broke even. How, much, how many people was the first one? 1,200. Okay. Right? Then the second one was 3,000. And then it just went fucking nuts, right? And, and you know, I, I when I started promoting it and I had a result, I went, oh, wow, we've actually made some money. This is actually quite fun. But... I think the the thing was I probably had a seven year period where all I did was make money. You know, you put an event on, you make money. People ringing up, going, "I want to, I want to use your brand. Can you do a, a party in Leicester?" You go, "Yeah, mate. How much you want to pay me to use the name?" And people go, "There's five grand." So you then license the name from front of now. They take all the risk. It's the brand, then, isn't it? If the brand yeah. is, it's the brand. Yeah. <coughs> but that's <clears throat> some months we were doing twenty events a month. That's yeah. how big it was, all around the world. And um, and and then in '97. One, one of my mates who was DJing for me, Top Buzz, Jason Kay. Yeah, I know Jason. He, he yeah. used to play Top Buzz sets, the old school rave in mm. one in, in their old school arena, yeah. and then he played Garage in their Garage arena. And he said to me, "Tell," he said, "This Garage scene's going off." He said, "You need to get on it." And I said, "Well, I don't mean don't feel bad. I'm a drum and bass promoter." He went, "Look," he said, "I'm bringing the things. I'll put half the money out. Why don't we do it together?" So that's how we started Garage Nation. And that's massive now. Garage Nation still big. Yeah. Well, the thing is. Right, One Nation is three decades old. Yeah. Garage Nation was 97. So what's that? 23 years old. I mean, it's mad. It is mad. But the funny thing is, is when I was, I, I, I wasn't quite on the rave scene. I was too young. Right. Um, but one thing I do remember doing is buying the tape packs. Oh, they were. I mean, the tape packs were fucking massive, weren't they? Do you, do you know what was good about, I mean, it probably won't work now, but what was good about the tape packs mm. is you had the kids that liked the music. That were too, too young to go to the rave. Yeah, that's that's what but I was. They doing. got the tape pack. They listened to the tape pack, and they were going, "When I'm old enough, I'm, I'm coming. going." <laughs> so it was literally like an advertising campaign. It was like getting yeah, all the getting kids, the next generation, get them ready, all, all queued up, and then they're Bosh. in. You know, yeah. I can remember I went to um, Garage Nation um, at Scala. I think it was. I used to do it yeah. at Scala. Yeah, and um, yeah, first time ever. Again, first time I. Uh, weirdly, was the first time I ever done a pill as well. Actually, oh, wow. <laughs> so, Don't blame not me. No, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> no. oh yeah, I went. Oh, I, I never used to do drugs, but then when I went to Terry's rave, I took an E. Oh, no, no, it's all Terry's fault. No, yeah. I've done loads of drugs before <laughs> that. It was the first time I'd done a pill. But, um, right. but yeah, and also, didn't One Nation make it over to Ibiza as well? Yeah, we was in Ibiza, we was in Ibiza, we was in uh, Canada, we was in Germany, Switzerland. I mean, it, and and the thing is, what was mad for me was when I sold it in 2003. Yeah. Um, I literally went, I'm done. I'm not, you know, I'm going to do something else. And I didn't know what I was going to do at that point. But the irony was, you know, no. E even when I started, if you'd have told me in 93, if you'd have told me in 2003, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. I wouldn't have believed it. I mean, you know, Sigma having number one hit records, we take that. They're huge. Um, yeah. Ragga Twins doing stuff with people. Um, you know, Adam F doing the LEG movie. Mm. Um, Chasing you know, Status. Chasing Status. I mean, all these people, you know, uh, DJ Fresh, Rita Rora. I mean, it, it, you know, if you'd have said this is going to go mainstream, and what made me laugh 
is when it goes out in America, they started filling around with it because, you know, basically garage and drum and bass and grime is British, yeah. right? But then the Americans going, oh, you know, we're going to call it EDM, right? It's electronic <laughs> dance music, right? But it's basically fucking speeded up drum and bass. Yeah. Or, you know, so all the stuff that we've done, they've kind of... Yeah, yeah. That's, EDM is everything, whether it's grime, EDM, it's all come from that... Drum and bass, from the slowing it set, down and speeding set. it up, yeah. And then, and then there was this idiot... That was on the. I think Red Bull did a mm. a documentary about drum and bass or electronic dance music, and there was this clown in America going, "I'm the Godfather of EDM," you know, and all this. And we started it, you know, seven years ago, and it's like, mate, this has been going thirty years. Yeah, you know I mean, you're not the founder of anything, you know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he thought he was. You yeah. Know? But <clears throat> but That's... but what was good is when I grew up in the eighties. I used to like urban music, right? So mm. whether it was rap, whether, you know, I was the original Beastie Boy, I had the Volkswagen necklace yeah. and, um, and and all that stuff. <laughs> and I look back on it now and I remember everybody looks at America. It was like, wow, you know, the rap, the house, the soul singers, it was all America. But what's beautiful is the rave scene brought it all here. Yeah. And then it, it, it basically inspired people here to create music. And what we've then done is made this British movement. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's great that the Brits have... It's, and now the Americans and, and all the people around the world are looking at the UK yeah. for the music. So we've become pioneers in that sense. It's We're talking about all of this, obviously, because your documentary's out. And I started watching it. I haven't finished it. I started watching it. Um, right. And it's... They all look at you like you're the, like you are like the founder of something very fucking special. Well, do you know, do you know what, what it, what's mad is... Um, I was doing it just because I wanted to put a rave on. Yeah. And I enjoyed putting on events. I enjoyed entertaining people. I enjoyed people coming and saying, I've had a wicked night. I enjoyed the music. I was mm. passionate about it. You know what I mean? Mm. And and for me... Um, That's how a brand grows organically, though, isn't it? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and there was no social media. Yeah. It was word of mouth. And the only way you got good word of mouth is if you've done something good. So if you, if you put a lineup on, none of the DJs turned up. If people come in and the sound system was shit, or the lights were shit, people go, it's fucking shit. Thank or, God, but, yeah. you know, we we had the best lights, the best sound, the best DJ run-ups. And, you know, back then, a lot of these mm. DJs started off their careers with us, right? Yeah. You know, we, we I, m- I remember when we did a Garage Nation in Milton Keynes, and Jason had this track called Battle by Wookie. I know Battle, <coughs> I love Battle. And yeah. he went, and he went, he went, this is going to be big. He said, let's book this guy for PA. And I think it was in October, the the, the event. So we put him on PA, blah, blah. And I think we paid him 700 quid, right? The week of the event, it was fucking number one. <laughs> I bet he was fucking screwing with it. The agent's going, look, you know, it's number one. You know, we need to talk about money. It's like you sign a contract, mate, 700 pound, fucking turn up. You know I mean? We're not paying you anymore. And you, he turned up and played and, and it was good. And everyone was like, how the fuck did you get him to do that? Do you know what I mean? But That's it was, mad, it was yeah. just because we were so into the music and because we were so yeah. passionate about it. And and it's like the lineups. When I booked the DJs, I didn't have the fucking best DJs on at ten o'clock. You know, I'd stagger it so that it built up through the night. And um and then we did some mad shit. We had the Queen, we had Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. We had Prince Harry, we, you know, we we had Prince Charles. We didn't have Prince Andrew. No, right, thank God. <laughs> no, fucking no. <laughs> no. If you'd but, done an under eighteens <laughs> event, you might have had him. <laughs> but, but 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 the thing is back then it was funny because people would go, What the fuck? Is Prince Charles doing walking around the rave? You know what I mean. Yeah. Well, and, but the but the highlight was the Queen. The Queen was the one that was brilliant. Yeah, it looked like her as well. Well, really? she she. I mean, you imagine, right? Two o'clock in the morning. She right? pulled up in a Bentley, didn't she? Yeah. She gets out, and all the people in the queue are going because they're off their tits anyway. <laughs> Fucking Queen's here. Right? <laughs> and you walked her in, walked her in the rave. Took her on the stage. She's dancing on the stage. I mean, she must have been fucking 80, but she was having it, right? 
And then I said, look, here's a little speech, Your Highness. Can you do us a little speech? So stop the music. And she's going, yeah, I just wanted to say a big respect <laughs> to the <laughs> One Nation Massive. And it's going, blah, 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 blah. And I thought, you know, there might be some people in the toilet or there might be some people that missed this, right? So I said, after this, we're going to walk around the crowd. So I had a little CDs, uh, yeah, mixed CDs. Yeah. I think we had an album out at the time. And I said, please, just walk around. We'll have a security around just so nobody, you know, interfere with you or anything. But we just want you to walk out of people and tap on the shoulder, especially if they look like they're really having a good time. Right? <laughs> so, <clears throat> and I'm walking beside her and I'm like laughing my bollocks off because, you know, I've got a warped sense of humour. <laughs> I'm not sure, kind of like, I get to tap on the shoulder and I look around and you see him look at her and go, <laughs> and she's like, oh, you know, it's a CD. And the guy's going, thanks. Fuck. And then he says to his mate, the Queen's here. And they're like, you want to fucking slow down? <laughs> but, but we went round and we must have done about 30 people on the dance floor with the Queen. We yeah. had her on the stage. But then everybody in the raid went, fuck it out. The Queen was at One Nation, right? Even the DJs was going, was that fucking really a... You know? Fucking hell, But it was just mate. mad. But it was just mad shit. Mm. And I come up with the idea and I don't know where it come from. Yeah. But that's what put me aside... Other promoters but wouldn't would have done that. No, but what it definitely what it definitely done what what it definitely would have done is Monday morning when they're back at work, I go fucking the Queen was at One Nation or was it the Queen yeah. or did you hear? And then everyone's talking and they're like people that ain't been that they might have been something that gone right. fuck I've got to go down there it sounds fucking mental. But but then but then um, you know we we one of the other things that we focused on as well we we took it personally if if anybody got mugged or anybody had yeah. any problems. So I read I read a lot. The funny thing is your book, I gave it a little push when, when it come out. Yeah. Well, I, I'll give it another one because um, it's always good to shoot. <laughs> when people download it, I yeah. like that. It makes me smile. I love, <laughs> I love that. Every now and then, Terry reminds you, you know, I got that book. Yeah, King of Clubs. Can you just give it another mention? Because yeah. it went at number one last time you did it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it did, didn't it? It did, yeah. Yeah, but um, I, read that, I read that book and I love that book and you've got to turn it into a film. Would you know something? King we, of Clubs, it's called. Well, we got, we got, we got, we got a few things happening. At the but moment. the fight, the fights, and everything that were in there. Tell us some of that stuff. That's well, the 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 thing is, um, you know, it started off, you know, the scene was great and everyone loved everyone. It was all fun, and then I think as it evolved and as we got bigger, um, and 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 unfortunately, all of the good venues were always in Tottenham, Stratford, Peckham, yeah, um, uh, Ilford. Yeah, uh, Milton Keynes, Birmingham, Manchester, so the know. rough areas. So, so you never, you never had a had a big rave venue in Mayfair. You know, no. it was always in these sort of. I don't like to use the word ghetto areas, but they were ghetto areas. You know, Brixton isn't is it, now. It's you know really posh, but back then it was a ghetto area. Where yeah, you wouldn't walk around at ten o'clock at night. No, and um, um, you know, I, I I put these events on, and then we'd have you know. Probably 10, 20, 30 incidents a, a night where people were either trying to get... They, were, they used to mug them when they come off a train. Because bear in mind, if 5,000 people are coming to Brixton, some of them aren't living in London, so they're getting off the train. They come out of the train station, they're looking around, they don't know where they're going. Do you know where well, this is, mate? Next thing, they've got a knife up to their throat, give me your fucking money, you know? So um, we, we used to have um, undercover security people that would just patrol the streets and just beat these cunts up when they um, really? started mugging people. And Why did you take that so personally? Cause because because my view was this, right? Um, I'd been to events. Because bear in mind, when I was flying and selling tickets, I'd go and pick money up and I'd be sort of going to pick flyers up. And, you know, you walk in these things and you'd hear something's going on and you say to the promoter, you know, there's people getting fucking mugged in your rave, right? Yeah. What do you want me to fucking do about it? And I used to think, you, you cunt. You know, I used yeah. to think, and I, it annoyed me because I thought, you know, if that was my fucking rave... Someone's doing that mind. I fucking beat him up. I wouldn't fucking just yeah. leave it and go, oh, you know, leave it. You know, it's okay. I take it personally. So, so my view was this: 
if you're paying 20 pounds or 15 pounds or whatever the fee was to come to yeah. my event, I had to look after you, right? Because all you need is one person to go away and say, I got mugged at One Nation, I got stabbed or I got beaten up. You don't need that press, right? Because yeah. then people start going, well, fuck it, it's moody, I'm not going. Yeah. And then all of a sudden your brand's fucked. So to protect the brand, I made sure I had some people that actually enjoyed fucking beating these people up. Yeah. They, actually, <laughs> yeah. they actually said... You know, I had like ex-special forces guys, yeah, yeah. Marines, parachute regiment guys, football against. Mate, they, I read they... the book. It's fucking brilliant. There was there was there was a martial artist. Yeah, Sif Dan in in, you know, and and, he, and he's an ex-special forces guy, and this guy's fucking nuts. And he said to me, he said, um, he said, why don't you come to my fight club on a Saturday? And I said, I said, what do you do at the fight club? He says, well, we knock each other out. He said, we fight each other until one of us gets knocked out. And then, you know, we, we rotate. And I just went, that doesn't sound like my type of fun. <laughs> I, said, I, said, I said, if I have to deploy <laughs> violence, I'll do it when I have to do it. I won't actually go and be punched in the face by someone for a laugh on a Saturday and pay you £10 to no. join in. No, yeah. <laughs> but that was his idea of fun. But the thing is, um, unfortunately, with these people, you know, um, you couldn't talk to them. You know, people would say, you know, oh, you know, so it's, you're being heavy-handed and all that. And it's like... So if somebody comes to a rave with a knife and starts mugging people and hold them up at knife point, what should you do? Yeah. You're you not going to ask them to put the knife away. And Look at the knife crime now. The reason the knife crime is so out of fucking control is because no one's stamped down on these people. You know, there's people in, in Mayfair walking around, right, have, being stabbed in the fucking elbow and having their fucking watches taken off, yeah. right? By I don't know what what gangs they are, but there's there's these organised gangs now. Yeah. Someone there was a, a Saudi guy outside Harrods at one in the morning, walking home from a restaurant, got stabbed to death and murdered right? for his watch. Right now, you know, the, if I was running London, right, I would actually say to the police, the only way you're going to deal with these people, and and the police back in the day, mm. when I when I when I was growing up, if you misbehaved you get picked up and put in a van and they would beat you fucking senseless and you would not fuck about with the police. And now it's all a bit like, oh, well, we better not pull them over because they say that we're racist or, yeah. you know, if we do this, then they're going to make a complaint against yeah, the yeah. police commission. But these people know yeah. that if they get picked up, yeah. they've got a knife on them, they're probably going to get told off. They're not really going to get any bird. Well, no. They might get six months, but, you know, so there is no... If they said you you get caught yeah. carrying a knife, you get ten years. Yeah, and, and, I, and I know that sounds like extreme, but, but it's they, the only way to stop it. Isn't they, it? they either need a heavy sentence, yeah, or they need to be beaten senseless. And I know that sounds bad, no. but that's the only language these people understand, right? Yeah. So because they're quite happy to walk around and they say, "Give me your watch." If you don't get your watch, they are going to stick a knife in you. And if and, and these people don't know how to use knives, so the chances are they probably will stab you in the wrong place and kill you. And and then all of a sudden they're in jail. They're watching TV in jail. They're smoking puff in jail. They're playing their PlayStation in jail. It's it's like being on holiday. Yeah, it's fucking right? mad. So 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 in America, right? They have got it right because if you mess about and you go to jail, you're digging holes in the road. It's a chain gang thing. You're not you're not sitting there playing your PlayStation and getting stoned with your mates. No, and that's that to me. <laughs> it's mad though. <laughs> and that to me is. They you got know, phones in there. They're on Snapchat. You can watch videos of them in jail having a lot. Sometimes I watch the videos and I think it fucking looks all right in there. But that's but that's that's <laughs> the, that's the thing. There is no real deterrent. Whereas yeah. if someone said, you know, they keep saying that there's a, a shortage of um, people signing up to the army. If these people want to go around stabbing people, put them in up, the fucking sign them up for yeah. two years. You know, if you don't want to work and you want to walk around doing that, tell you what, you can join the army. If you haven't got a father figure or you feel like you are done by, we're put we've installed discipline in you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you actually want to go around killing people, you can actually do it and get paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it's so that's the so, solution to me. So you know. 
I read in the I can remember in the book I read that that you went back at, I think it was someone had got someone had got robbed and you found the guy and you but is this right the story you found one of the guys and you brought him in now what happened was the the guy the guy was mugging people in the rave and back then um the the fashions were machine over Versace, yeah. you know all, all that sort of stone island and what a lot of people used to wear, and bear in mind back then, it was bright yellow tops, yeah. pink hats, yeah. red trousers. So if someone's been mugged by someone in a pink hat, yellow top and red trousers, they're pretty easy to find. Yeah. Right? And um, yeah, we, we found this guy, pulled him up, and uh, the guy said, that's the guy who mugged me. We went, fantastic. So we took all his clothes off, and we walked him on a stage, stopped the music, and we just said, right, just to <laughs> let you know, right, <laughs> if you him. mug people, fuck about it, and this is what happens, right? And and then they're all looking at this guy on the stage and we went, right, mate, now it's time for you to fucking go. So we had to walk, do the walk of shame through the club. And as he did, Naked. everyone's punching the fuck out of him and kicking him, butt-fed-butting <laughs> him, kicking him up the arse, you cunt, and all this. But the thing is, so it was literally like the ravers fucking yeah. beat him up. Yeah. Because he's going around mugging people and he's fucking ruining the vibe. Yeah. And, and the thing is... And that, it's fucking horrible getting mugged. Well, the thing is, the, the good thing is this, right? That guy will never do that again. Right, because he's been humiliated and he's been fucking battered, right? How the fuck's he going to get home? He's got he's, walking out, he's outside beating up naked, but where's he going to get home, right? And fucking every hell. single person in that rave would go, don't fucking mug people at that rave. Do you see what they do to him? And yeah. We didn't do anything. We just yeah. took his clothes off and said, right, fucking get out. That's fucking mad. We're mugging you. How do you fucking like it? You know, we're taking your clothes off and, and they're here and you can come and get them on Monday. Right, and one of them. This is a true story, right? One of them, one of them's mum and dad actually phoned up and said, "Oh, we've come to collect their son's clothes." Right, and it was just like you know, well, they're here. Do you know what I mean? But and but the son was sort of you know, I think it also shamed him into not doing it. Yeah. Because when you go home and your mum and dad are like, "Where's your fucking clothes?" Well, I was mugging someone. What? Yeah. So then the mum and dad probably beat him up as well, you know, or or grounded them or whatever. But you know, it's it sounds controversial and it sounds mad, but the thing is, back then it was a mad time. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, if you didn't deal with this, yeah. it escalated because you didn't want to. Well, you didn't want to be known as an easy target. Yeah. Because but, not only would you have people coming in to mug people, and 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 you know, you had people stealing. What, yeah. What tickets. I was going to say. What I was going to say is, you're obviously people local. But if you're coming to Brixton and people are seeing. Terry Turbo is making fucking nicking 10 grand out of this, definitely nicking 10 grand out of this event or 15 grand, whatever it was. Did you ever have local people come and go, right, if you want to do this, Randy, I want a piece of that fucking money? Yeah. And uh, the answer was always no. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And, and, and what, the, even in places like Brixton? All, all around the country. But the, fa- the thing was, people, see, people knew that the people that I had around me were they were bang up for it. So if somebody had said, look, we're going to come down and put it on you, they'd have gone, well, bring bring down whoever you want. And these people aren't going to run away. You know, if you've been in the SAS or the SBS and someone comes down and starts going, let's have it, they will actually have it with 10 people on their own. They don't, you know, they're not, they're not fighting. Of, and if someone starts pulling things out, they'll pull things out. So wow. <laughs> it was that yeah. thing where, you know, and I think, I, think the, I think people that go around putting it on people, they do it because it's an easy target. So if you know that you can go there and go, give me some money, and the guy goes, well, I'll pay you, I don't want any trouble, then that's fine. But if you think, well, actually, the guy's there with two attack dogs and ten lunatics, and they're all up for it, then Fuck, you start... it's not worth the hassle. Well, you start thinking, you know, we've got to take ten... To, you know, and the thing is, and I'm not saying this, I'm, you know, this is the truth, right? Th- those guys, you know, 
having 10 of these guys, you just wouldn't, it's like your worst nightmare. It's like whoever you think's hard, right, they're harder, but yeah. there's 10 of them. That's mad, and then there's yeah. two Dobermans that will rip your throat out that the guy trains to fucking kill people. I mean, that's what he does. He's a dog handler. Fucking right? hell, yeah. And he's licensed to actually have these dogs. Mm. Um, he's, he's got a license. And, and the dog actually attacks it. So, so we was at the Rex in Stratford, and uh, this guy come up, started fucking about, shouting and screaming, I'm going to shoot you and all this. And the guy said, if you don't get back, the dog's going to fucking go. And the guy goes, I'll shoot your fucking dog. He put his hand in his jacket and the dog just went and ripped him to pieces. And, and I, I mean, that was actually fucking horrific seeing that. You'd think, fucking hell, I'm not fucking about with that dog. Fucking hell. And um, really took him apart. Took, ripped him to pieces, put him in hospital. Guy phoned the police, you know, I've been attacked. The dog come down. They got the CCTV. The guy said, you know, what happened? And he said, well, the guy come out. He was being aggressive. He said he was going to start shooting people. I said, I'm going to let the dog off threatened to shoot the dog, put his hand in his jacket, the dog went. He said, I'm not fucking, I'm not risking the fact that he is going to pull a gun out. He might have had a fucking bit of paper, but yeah. as soon as he put his hand in his jacket, we thought it's on, so the dog went. And, that, hell. and that's that's why we had the dogs, because, you know, and, and it got to the point in the rave scene where in Birmingham, not one of their events, but some people actually turned up and actually fucking shot two Rottweilers. So the security firm had two Rottweilers and Dawn. I just went up and just shot both the dogs. I mean... What, at one of your events? No, not one of their events, but in Birmingham. Oh, right, At yeah. a jungle event, when it was all kicking off. They just can walk straight in with bang, bang, shot both the fucking dogs. Yeah, in, and, and literally, I got a call saying, have you heard what's happened in Birmingham? Yeah, they've just shot the fucking dogs outside. And I'm just thinking, fucking hell. But then that, basically for us, it meant that we was always in a high state of alert. You know, we all had body armour. We had the attack dogs. And the thing is... We didn't advertise the dogs. So the guy would be dressed in black. The dog would be sat by the side. Unless you were looking for it, you wouldn't even know he was there. Yeah. But as soon as anybody started going on about shooting people, or I'm going to do this, he'd come over and he'd be like, you got to go, mate. Yeah. And then the guy would be like, and the dog would be going, Rah. and these dogs were fucking horrible. Mate, that, that is certainly, so you've got to be fucking mental to keep going at that point. But you? you? But the thing is, right, you talk about all the stuff that happens now with the gun mm. crime and the knife crime, it was just exactly the same then. It's, it's not like it's got worse. It's, it's probably got more, right? Mm. But back then it was the same. There was people doing drive-by shootings. There was people getting machine gun to death. I mean, it was fucking scary. Right? Did you ever actually have any guns pulled out at you at the rave? Three times. Real? Really? We was in Manchester one night. Fucking... And, and not at that point did you think this ain't worth the money or did you find it fun? Did you enjoy no, it? No, no, I didn't enjoy it. Um, but, but what happened was... We was in Milton Keynes, and my mum used to be in the cash box, and I had my girlfriend in the cash box. So they, you know, take the money. Because yeah. I always had that view that if your family's still off you, they won't steal as much as Australians. <laughs> 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 um, it's probably, so, it's probably so, right. So I always had my family yeah. there. And um, we did this event, and uh, these 20 guys come up to the door from Manchester. They were a gang, and they all looked moody. And, you know, yeah. I just said, I don't want them in here. Mike, so I knew straight away they are going to be a pain in the ass. And then my daughter went up to him, well, look, guys, you ain't welcome here. Oh, we've come down from Manchester, you know, blah, blah, blah. We're from this gang, that, the other. You know whatever the guy's name was, their main guy, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's come back. He goes, tell, he goes, I know the boss of this firm. And, you know, they said they're going to behave. And, you know, I've told them, you know, they've got to behave. And they've all said they behave. So, you know, I think we should let them in. Because if we don't let them in, we, we are going to have to have it with them, right? So I said, all right, well, as long as you're happy with that. But mm. I said, if I didn't miss about, we are going to beat them up, right? Yeah. So they let them in. And bear in mind, this is a garage event, right? Yeah. Midnight. And there's loads of people start leaving. And I'm standing there thinking, fucking not until six in the morning. Why are people leaving? People have only just got it. There's a big queue outside. 
And then I pulled someone over and I said, what? I said, where are you going, mate? And he went, oh, there's these fucking 20 fellas in there with their hoods up and they're kicking me up the arse, touching my missus up. He goes, I don't want any trouble. I'm just going to go. And I went, Fuck it's them sake. fucking guys. Like, I said, they've got to go, right? So we've, we've surrounded them and gone, right, guys, you, you had a chance to behave yourself, but you haven't done, so you've got to go. Oh, you don't know, we're fucking... So he's got fucking chinned. We <laughs> grabbed them and we just thrown them all out. The, and it was like the fucking Wild West. There was about 20 and 10 of us and we were just like fighting these kids for fucking about 20 minutes. Fucking and we like bat, bashed them senses, left them all like laying outside the fire exits, pulled the door shut, gone in. Now, what I used to do is I was always worried about the, the gun stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I always had spotters in the car park. So we had the dogs... But we'd always have someone like spotting just in case there's anybody bringing anything or plotting up or, you yeah. know, because it's quite easy to do a drive-by shooting at a club and you, you're fucked then, right? Yeah. So I was people on the lookout. So I didn't get a thing over the radio saying, oh, you know those fellas? Well, they've just gone to the car and they've just started loading up machine guns and fucking putting balaclavas on in the car park. Fucking hell, man. <laughs> so That's on the radio, yeah? Yeah, so I'm like, well, fuck, we'll ring, ring the police. Right, because yeah. we haven't got fucking machine guns, right? So ring the police, sh- lock the fucking doors, and and I'm thinking, please, please let the police get here quick. You know what I mean? And and the armed response unit was there in fucking ten seconds. I mean, they must have been around the corner thinking it's a garage night. There's going to be trouble. Um, and oh, uh, mate, that's making me fucking scared just thinking about that situation. But there was there was there was there there was literally arm arm response units with fucking people. They looked like soldiers with fucking helmets on, body armor. MP5 machine gun standing outside their rave, right? Then the, the police lieutenant or whoever it was come in. He went to you to promote went, yeah. And he said, look, he said, we pulled these kids. He said, we know what's happened. Someone's come on a motorbike and took the fucking guns away. But he said, we've checked them out. And he said, they're gangbangers. And he said, they are going to fucking kill you, right? So he said, you, you need to go, basically. So I'm like, well, how am I going to fucking leave my rave? So then I said to my mate, I said, you're going to have to stay here, but I'm going to have to fucking go now because they wanted to give me an armed response escort home, right? So I'm in a Range Rover. Fucking I've hell. got my mates in the in two cars behind, and then we've got all these police start driving down the M25, the M1 in the M25. And um, the guys come out, phone me, and he said, tell, he said, look, he said, uh, if anybody does try and ram us off the road, I am going to take them out. But he said, I've, I've only got third-party theft insurance in the car. <laughs> I said, look, I said, if you have to ram someone off the road, I'll buy you a new fucking <laughs> I said, don't worry about it. Imagine thinking that. Um, but then I did get home and I did think, you know, what the fuck is wrong with these people? You know, and um, luckily, because this guy knew mm. the guy from this gang, he phoned him and he said, you know, what the fuck's going on? These kids are coming. We've let them in on the strength for you. And they've come in and they've fucking done this. Right. And the guy said... Look, he said, I'm really sorry. He said, I'm going to fucking discipline him. Do you know what I mean? It won't happen again. And then it was all oh, squashed. Oh, God, but, fucking hell. But the thing is, that's the problem. Because when you have a gang of, you know, people that are in a gang, yeah. and, you know, the young ones, they always want to go out and make a name for themselves. So they they didn't know that we knew. Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't know him, but the, the head door, my head doorman knew pretty much yeah. everybody. And he reached out to the main guy and said, listen, this is fucking bang out of order. Right, hell. and then but 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 if he hadn't but if he hadn't done that, then that would have carried on. But because yeah. he rung the guy, the guy then fucking said to him, "What the fuck are you doing? These are our mates, you know. Don't fucking mm. do that." And it was like, oh, you know, it's it's crazy if you think about it, right? But you've got you got the book, you have got the documentary, 
The doc, the documentary looks. There's some funny shit in the documentary yeah. as well, though. Yeah. There's some funny stories. Oh, there was so many. Fu- Do you know something? For, for 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 the amount of violence and the bad stuff, it was a very small part of it. Yeah. Right? But the fun and and, yeah. and all the you know, but it's that thing. If if you're successful and you have you know if you're doing, say you're putting in an event. Yeah. Right. Twenty events a month. Say you've got between sixty and a hundred thousand people a month coming to your events. Yeah. And you have ten incidents where. Someone's got mugged, someone's pulled a knife, someone's pulled a gun. In the grand scheme of things, that's fuck all. It's, it's nothing, like 0 yeah. point whatever yeah. percent. Yeah. So, yeah. But unfortunately, there was that side to it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I thought the only way I can deal with it is by having these um, yeah. psychopaths around me, you know, which was quite useful. So, you, <laughs> <laughs> so you, yeah, well, yeah. Do you still talk to any of them? Yeah, I mean, we're all still mates and we'll still talk. And, uh, you know. If you I'm, needed them now, could you call them up? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I've gotten even more. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't mind a bit of ag yourself, anyway, do you? But to be honest, but to be honest, the 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 people that um, mm. you know, I've all I think because we did we you know I've obviously done these crime films once upon a time in London, yeah. Rise of the Foot Soldier. So how did you get into film? What did you obviously you sold One Nation and you fuck? How much did you get for One Nation? Enough money. <laughs> but no, but basically what happened was when I met my my girlfriend. Um, yeah. Uh, she came to a rave and uh, she she came in the house and she saw the bulletproof vest. She saw the guys. She saw the dogs and she was like, "She said you got to work." And I was like, "Yeah." And she went, "This isn't fucking normal." She said, "You know, you're thirty years of age now, right?" Yeah. Bear in mind, I was doing all this shit in my twenties. So yeah. when you're in your twenties, you don't really give a fuck. But I think as you get older, yeah. you start becoming sensible. You know, you start thinking, "I'm going to get married." You start having kids, so you yeah. get to that point where you start thinking, "Now, you know, I, I don't want to be putting myself on the line mm. because what would have happened is eventually somebody would have got seriously hurt, yeah. or I'd have got seriously hurt, and it was just like, "What's the fucking point? Worth is it. it worth it for the yeah. money?" You know, if I was earning millions of pounds, maybe, maybe, but yeah. if you're earning fucking, you know, once you pay the tax, you know, you're earning probably you're probably year, earning so. you're probably earning you're probably in that top one yeah. percent, right? But you're not. You're not going to start buying a super yacht or a private jet. Mm. You know, you're not no, in that. Yeah, yeah, league, it's just not but, worth it. But you're in the league where if you'd have gone to university and you know you was a CEO of a company or a managing director of a firm or you was a top stockbroker, you that's the sort of don't right. Yeah. So it's good money. Yeah. And um, from someone with, from a council estate with no qualifications, no, fantastic. It was amazing. But right? you thought, right now it's time to evolve. But yeah, because in your twenties, as I said, you don't care. Yeah. Right. And for me, I had nothing to lose. Yeah. Right? I mean, I recently had a similar situation. I invested in a business with someone, and uh, it didn't go didn't go well. And both the other people that I was involved with, hmm. have you got any more water by any chance? Yeah, yeah. I invested in this business. I won't go into too much detail, but the, right. one of the people that I bought into it, he's a bit naughty, right. and the other guy thought he was a little bit naughty. And when the right. deal, when we lost a bit of money and it didn't go well. It come to this situation where one was saying to the other one, look, give me my money back. And the other one was saying, fuck off. And then right. I was in the middle and I had money in it as well. And I sort of thought to myself, if this gets out of hand, hmm. I, I, I live with my two kids and I've got my missus and you know, I, don't, I don't care about the fucking money, really. I'm, I, I mean, yeah. I do care about the money, but yeah. I had to calm them both down and just, you know, it took a long time to sort it out and to work out a way for us to get the money back. But it was on the brink of, and I thought to myself... Oh, maybe that's the last time I get involved with anything like that. Yeah, I think I think the I think the, the I think the problem um, I think with the club scene, you know, is there's always been a sort of dark side to it. Yeah, you know, I always had people coming to me saying, you know, um, you know, 
we want to we want to sell drugs, drugs in your yeah. fucking rave, and it's like it's not fucking happening, mate. Right? Yeah. But you can make some money. I'm not interested. I'm earning enough money. I don't need your fucking money. Yeah. Right? And and the reason I had that zero tolerance thing was because I was always looking at, you know, I've got something good. Don't fuck it up. Yeah. Don't no, be greedy. Yeah, yeah, right? And the yeah. thing, and I think I think the issue in life is we all want want to try and make as much money as we can. Mm. We all want to try and get as much as yeah. Thanks. Everybody wants um, um, to do well. Everybody wants to be successful. But I think I think in, in essence you you just have to. Yeah. Sometimes you you know there's an old saying quit while you're ahead and you know with with the with the scene because of the violence and because of the trouble and it and it was literally escalating. It wasn't you know it wasn't like oh, it wasn't calming down. It was getting no, worse. It was just getting worse and worse and worse. I mean we did an event on Christmas Day night. And we had to say to people, you, you can't bring your gun in here, mate. You've got to go and put it in the car. Because people would turn up at, to the door with their guns going, can you walk me through the metal tattoo? It's like, no fucking way. You're not bringing that in here, mate. Oh, well, what if so? No one's going to have any guns in here tonight. But that, and, I'm, and I actually remember saying to my mum, it's fucking Christmas Day night. What is wrong with these cunts? They're, they're fucking mad. Who, who actually wakes up in the morning and g- gets dressed and goes, I'm going to rave. Oh, I better just pack my gun, you know. Just like it's fucking but if you, That wouldn't happen now, surely. I think it's worse now. Really, I think. I and think these, you'd think that the fucking club would instantly call the police, but they can't, can they? But but the thing is, what you got to understand now. Back then, the 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 the, the, the doorman mm. weren't registered, right? Now you have to have an SIA badge, and that yeah. means you can't have a criminal record. You have to be, you know, they criminal mm. records checked and all the rest of it. And you know, if you went to the gym and you know you 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 did a little bit of karate, a little bit of amateur boxing, and you wanted to earn a few quid, and some said, "All right, you know, you can be a doorman." And you're earning twelve pounds an hour, and someone comes up to you and pulls a gun out. What are you going to do? You're not going to fucking try and disarm him, are you? You're going to no. fucking run, yeah. right? Yeah. So, but but the thing is, I don't know how they get the knives and the guns off the streets, but I think that's that's why I come out of the club game because I just thought I've had three goes this year, right? Well, I've had people pulling guns out of me. In a minute, someone's going to fuck him. Someone's going to pull the trigger, and I just thought I don't need that shit, and I didn't want to get to the point where I had to start saying to people, um, "Can I employ some people with guns to look after me?" Because then I'm breaking the law. So, yeah. so I just thought now's, you, now's you, the time to get out. Did um, you also think if something catastrophic happens, the brand's fucked? So let's sell it while it's good as well. Well, well no, the, the, I tell you what. What so so the, the, the gun stuff was and the violence was getting out of hand. Yeah. So that made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and and then. When I had the voice of reason, Maxine saying to me, look, you know, this isn't going to fucking end well, right? Yeah. And she said, do you really want to be doing this when you're 40? Why don't you, f- you're young enough to do something else, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so, so, so that was the catalyst. And because I was at the top, mm. when I sold the brands, I got the most money I could have got. Mm. And then what happened was at that time, a lot of the clubs were being sold. They were being redeveloped into flats. So there was a lack of clubs, yeah. right? And then the clubs that were open, they brought in a new um, licensing act, which basically said that if some, if there's any trouble, or if anybody's taking drugs on the premises, or anyone's mm. selling drugs in the premises, we can just take your license away. Yeah. Right now, obviously, if you go to a rave, I mean, it. we we used to have metal detectors. We used to fucking pat people down, and you know, I don't know how the fuck they got it in. But you go in the club and everyone would be off their nuts and you'd be like, <laughs> the security are either fucking selling the gear in there or something's fucking funny is going on in here because yeah. we can't do any more to stop it. On the yeah. fucking tickets, no drugs. On the flyers, no drugs. You're being searched. You know what I mean? So we, we were taking people's shoes off, fucking giving them, mm. not intimate searches, but yeah, they yeah. were getting felt yeah. up. You know what I mean? To make sure they won't carry anything. But <clears throat> um, 
but but then what happened was the club started to shy away from the raves. They said, you know, we don't really want because they were, they were worried, worried about, about their license. license. If you've yeah. got a multi-million pound asset and one thing happens and you lose your license, you're fucked. So, so then they, and then the authorities started saying, well, we don't want certain DJs, certain MC, mm. certain acts performing because they bring the bad crowd. Mm. So then you imagine being a promoter you're or you imagine being a comedian and someone's saying to you, Dan, when you go on stage, you, you can't tell these jokes. I know how that feels, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. But, but, but to actually have someone like you're fucked, state, you can't, yeah, you're fucked. You can't book yeah. these people, you can't book that people. No. You start thinking, well, what? So you got out just at the right time by the sounds of it. Because the scene, yeah. garage and drum bass went like that. So just to move on, right? Then you get a part in probably one of the most iconic gangster films, fucking yeah. Rise of the Foot Soldier. It, do you know what I find really difficult for gangster films to do is to get that gritty realness about right. them? Because a lot of gangster films, they're, they're either like gangster comedies like Snatch, right. or but there's very few films that have got like that raw, gritty, it's almost difficult to watch. Right. Like if you was to think of uh, Neil by Mouth. Yeah, yeah, that was do, a great movie. Do you know what I mean? Movie. Where you're like, you're watching it and you're like, fuck, this is real. You feel like you're really watching it. Yeah. And um, the the first Rise of the Foot Soldier was... You when when we when we watched you kicking heads in in that film, <laughs> you fuck it. I mean, you you loved it, but also you're like, right. fuck that. That's hard. I mean, when we, I mean, how did you get that part? And when was, was that your first no, acting so, role? So, so this is what happened, right? So, um, so my wife, well, my girlfriend at the time, but she's now my yeah. wife. Six months pregnant. Um, I sort of bumming around, didn't really know what I was going to do. Trying to make a, a ch- you know, I was sort of thinking, what should I do now? What should I do now? Mm. And then. Out of the blue, someone phoned me up and said, I'm making a film. Do you want to be in it? And I went, yeah, why, why not? So, But why I, did they think of you? I have no clue, right? But I turn up on this set. The guy goes, stand over there. So I'm standing over there. And then he goes, uh, you know, thanks a lot. You know, we'll we, 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 we bring you back for another scene. And I went, mate, I said, am I actually going to fucking say something in this film? And the guy's like, no, no, you just in the background. I said, tell what, stick up your fucking ass. I said, I'm not fucking wasting my time. I'm going right. And he went, well, well would you, would you want? He said, look, there's a scene. So there's an f- old pal of mine who used to work for me on the door, um, who, who's the world kickboxing champion, Jeremy Bailey, mm. um, and he's another fucking lunatic, but um, a lovely lunatic. And um, <laughs> he, he, there was a scene with him, and he said, oh, can you take the piss out of him? I went with fucking pleasure. So <laughs> I, I just spent like 10 minutes just roasting this guy. And he kept Which you're fucking good at he roasting. Kept, he kept looking at me going, you can't. He goes, I want to fucking hurt you. And I was going, it's, it's just acting. We're not, we, I don't mean it. <laughs> 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 um, and then um, and then the guy said, oh, actually, he said, you know, I think we should actually give you a bigger part in the film. <clears throat> so I ended up having a proper part in this film. And was, it was it Rolling with the Nines? No, uh, Hell to Pay. Oh, right, okay. Which was a track DVD, yeah, Dave yeah. Courtney gangster film. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what was funny was you had Billy Murray in it, you had Martin Hancock in oh, it, right, yeah. you had Scott Welsh who was in Snatch, you had Andy wow. Beckwith who was in uh, Snatch. So you had all these people that were all at the time coming off of Snatch or coming off of this or coming off of that. So I get talking to them and I'm going, I've really enjoyed this, you know. How, how do I, you know, get involved? And they went, well, you've already fucking done your first acting job, so get the footage, do a show reel, get some pictures done, mm. write to the agents and say, you're an actor looking for representation and you've got a show on request and you'll probably get an agent. So I thought, fuck it, I'll do that. So I've gone home and I've gone, babe, I know, I know what I'm doing. I'm I want to be, be an fat. actor. And she sort of spat her Maltesers out and she said, are you fucking taking drugs? <laughs> I mean, that was what she said. And and, and, and she's like, you, you're not Brad Pitt. 
you're fucking, you're having a midlife crisis. I mean, I've got abuse Buffy for about hell, 20, funny, minutes, 20 minutes of abuse, right, from a hormonal woman, right? <laughs> Pregnant woman, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, they say really horrible things, right? And, uh, I fucking know, yeah. <laughs> you've been yeah. there, yeah. yeah. So, so you get to the end of it, and then, <laughs> and then, and then when she finished ranting and raving, she was sort of, you know, like foaming at the mouth and going, ah. and I went, you know, babe, I really appreciate your thoughts, but I'm fucking doing it anyway. <laughs> yeah. And I then got an agent. I did EastEnders, did the bill, did a bit of fit stuff. Yeah, so but you say it, but fucking so many people get agents and never work. Yeah, so I think, I think. You've done EastEnders? I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I terrorised uh, Alfie Moon and uh, Ian Bill. It was fun. Oh, yeah. Um, and um, You are a scary fucker in real life, so... <laughs> I'm not on the teddy bear, Dan. Come no, on. I can't. Well, but, yeah. uh, Go on. But the, but the, <laughs> but the, um, the. Uh, so you done that? You yeah. Done so, so I did that, and after a year, I think I'd earned eight thousand pounds, right? Which, when you got a mortgage, you got a wife, you got a kid, you know, you, you're not going to fucking be out. You no. know, it's all gone, right? Yeah. And um, I remember thinking, she's fucking right, you know. And it, the annoying thing about women is they are always, oh, always fucking, fucking right. right. Or 99% of the time, right? right? So, so I was thinking, she's fucking right, she's fucking right. I made myself look fucking silly. Yeah, what am I going to fucking do now? And then I was with a mate of mine, and he said, oh, how's the acting going? And I was like, not very well. So right. I've done three jobs, and, you know, I've, I've earned eight grand. And he said, well, what do you want to do? I said, I want to be in films, right? Yeah. And he went, well, you used to organise these events. How hard is it to, to make a movie? And I said, well... I don't know, I've not done one. He said, well, look, get a script, mm. get a director, fucking get, get some money and do one. I said, would you put some money? He goes, I'll put 10 grand in. I said, well, I'll put 10 in. So what I did then is I went out to all my mates and went, listen, we're going to make a film, it'd be a laugh, let's all put 10 grand in. So I raised 140,000. Fucking hell. And it was called One Man and His Dog, and it was a dog. Right? <laughs> Starring your mate Paul Denham. <laughs> he wasn't oh, yeah. playing the dog, but the, <laughs> the, but the film was the dog. And the, and the issue was, um, you know, Again, I think in life you learn from yeah, of course, from bad experiences and the bad ex- and, and it was like going to film school. It was like this is how not to make a movie. Mm. But for some strange w- reason, we got it released. We got twenty five percent of our money back, and we was at the point where we went, okay, we haven't made money on this. We've lost, but we've had a good experience. But then mm. that opened doors. So out of the blue, a mate of mine phoned me, and he went, he went, nobody's ever done a British Boys in the Hood. You know, you should do. We should do it, right? And I said, okay, well, what's it about? So we made up this story. And then we, because obviously all these urban artists started off with me, right? So we yeah. had Dizzy Rascal, we had Estelle, we had Kano, we had um, in this, In this film? All in this film, Rolling fucking, with the Nines, right? Yeah. So we done fucking this fucking amazing film, film um, for no money, 250 grand. It got fucking BAFTA nominated, it won Rain Dance. It, you're well. in then, aren't you? You're yeah. in. And then, and then while I was doing that, um, I was at Ascot. And I was coming down the high street in Ascot, and there used to be this little Italian um, called uh, Chow 90. Yeah. And I said to my missus, I said, shall we have a, you know, a bowl of pasta before we go home from the races? And she went, yeah, sure. So we go into this place, and on the door is Carlton Leach. Hello, Tell. Oh, wow. How you doing? Fucking haven't seen you for years, blah, blah, blah. You're in the movie business now. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, uh, he goes, he goes, you should read my book. He goes, you know, make a good film. And everyone always says that. Yeah. Right? And, I, and I actually remember the thought, why the fuck would anybody want to watch a film about a doorman? That was what I thought when he gave me the book. So, But I said, I'll read it and, you know, I'll give yeah. you a shout. And it was called Muscle and it had a picture of him on the front going like that. Like, yeah, I've seen the book, yeah. yeah. And I just thought, oh, you know, it's going to be about, oh, I've done this guy and I've done that guy and it won't be that interesting. Mm. <clears throat> so I get the book and I always look at the pictures first. 
And I started thinking, oh, fucking Nigel Benn, Essex Boys, fucking ICF, fucking you know, pictures. And I started reading the book and I couldn't put it down. And I was like, fucking hell, this is a great story. So obviously the guys who wrote and directed um, Rolling With The Nines was Julian and William Gilby. Mm. And I rang them up and I said, look, I said, I've got this guy, ex-football hooligan, Dorman. He was wrapped up with the Essex boys, blah, blah, blah. It's a really good story. Mm. I think we should develop it. I'm going to buy the rights. I'll pay for you to write it. So I did all that. We created, that's how Rise of the Foot Soldiers came about. Fucking hell. Um, and when we cast it, you know, Football Factory is one of my favourite films and uh, I like Good, uh, Good Night Charlie Bright and Ronan Manuki and Tim both of them. Oh, Good Night Charlie Bright's brilliant. Yeah. And I thought it'd be great for fucking Craig Rolfe. And um, uh, and then, you know, we were looking for Pat Tate and again, you know, we thought Craig Fairbrass, you know, because he's a big guy and he looked a bit like him. And then Carlton was a bit of a wild card because not only come about the casting of that role was because uh, I was always going to play Tony Tucker because Carlton said to me, he said, you've got to play Tony Tucker in it. Right? Yeah. You've got to play him because he's my best mate, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, well, I'll play him. So he cast me in that role. Yeah. You know, but what was interesting was the guy who played Carlton was just a wild card. He just happened to be my agent. And then the, the director met him and can actually it'd be perfect. So that's how that film got made. It's become one of the most famous criminal I've never even... I, I Gangster thought, f- f- uh, film franchises. We, we've done four of them now. And we're just about to do the fifth one, which is a Tony Tucker story, so... I didn't, I didn't even know you made that. I thought you were just... I thought that was like your first acting role. Now, that was the... the no, so so the, the f- first three... Sorry, the first four films I produced... Yeah. One Man and His Dog, Rolling in the Nines, Rise of the Foot Soldier, and Doghouse with Sony, so... Doghouse was huge as well, yeah. wasn't it? So, so we did, we did, we did those four films... But then that gave me the catalyst to go, actually, I'm going to set up my own production company and I'm going to start doing my own stuff. And, uh, you know, we I've, I've made 27 films since. Fucking hell. That's crazy. Yeah. And I've started in 30. So I've as an actor, you know, I started off, a lot of people don't know this, but I started off as an actor first. Yeah. Then I got into producing. But the beautiful thing about doing both yeah. is when I'm not acting, I'm developing. When I'm not yeah. developing, I'm producing. When I'm, not, this, I'm raising money, so I'm always industry. doing stuff. I remember when you gave me Fanged Up and when I'd done Fanged Up, I loved every moment of being on set. It's so fun. It's so cool. It's great, isn't it? And acting. And I've been recently, like, I really want to make another film, but it's difficult to... Why, come... don't, why don't we do that Brokeback Broker film I told you about? Brokeback Broker? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're both, we're both uh, uh, city bods. And it's... On the floor, we lose... <laughs> we lose everything with a, with a credit crunch and we fall and then, in love and then, and then we move into a cardboard box together and fall in love <laughs> we can make it we can make it on a low budget Dan yeah. me and you yeah that'd be good definitely but uh, <laughs> no I'm, um, I'm but, but I'm, no but but the, the uh, yeah. but, but that yeah so <laughs> <Fuck> so, <laughs> <laughs> so but no but that's so that's really you know I, I've talked to you obviously about the, yeah. the, the but the good thing about um, you, going back to the United Nations three decades of drum bass <coughs> is that is a snapshot yeah. of all the funny stuff and all the scary stuff yeah. that happened in that era and it's kind of given me a taste for it again so I probably will come back yeah. and do do another party at some point and we're just start we're just finishing off now filming the garage because yeah. there's going to be United Nation UKG yeah um, which I'm in that way now yeah. yeah we filmed with you but the garage that was when I was famous I was you quite famous, famous then you are famous um, what I was going to say to you Tell was um, 
that uh, I saw you developing the uh, documentary, and, I'll, and you were showing me different things that you were going to use in the documentary. Remember right. when you had the animated stuff? And you, yeah. But I like the way that it's shot now. It feels the documentary is quite fast paced, which yeah. is good. Um, but I've only just got into a little bit of it. Um, I think the issue was when when we because there was so much good stuff. Yeah, it was like four hours long. Yeah, um, and then we had to literally give it to someone and say cut it down to nine yeah. minutes. Um, and and you know the the editors actually cut it down, and it, t- so it's you know because if you were a geek or you were a drum and bass head, you watch four hours, right? Yeah. But we wanted to make this commercial, and obviously yeah. it is commercial. It's gone to number one. Yeah. Um, and um, what was what was nice about it was what spun out of this is um, you know when you said about we should make a film out of the book. Yeah. Well, because we've now done this documentary, it's obviously put the spotlight on. We're talking to Netflix. There's, a, there's a, probably a, a 99% chance they will take it for the world because, you mm. know, nobody's ever done this, right? Um, so it ticks their boxes. You know, anybody from 15 to 50... Is going to watch. Right, we'll watch it. It's going to watch. So yeah, it's we'll nostalgic, watch it. isn't it? And it's easy watching. That's what yeah. people want. And it's fun. And it's like, did that really happen in London? You know, and yeah. wow, this is where it's all come from. But then what, 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 what's spun out of this is we've now done a deal with Noel Clark. And he's looking to turn the King Clubs into a TV Really? Shoot. Yeah, and it's going to be like a British power. Um, That's fucking cool. Yeah. But it's going to be... He's got. He's just got that connection now, isn't he, with, with Sky and... Yeah, well, and I think I think Noel, Noel... I've known Noel for a long time, and we've always been good friends. And uh, he, um, he said to me, I love that book. And obviously, he's from that world, you know, where he probably went out to the garage and drum bass. And and he was like, you know, this is a great story. Um, originally, we was going to do a film with Universal, but mm. we never agreed the terms. So and would it follow a doorman or no? Or no, 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 no. So this will make you laugh. So what they want to do is they want to set it now. So it would be basically set now, um, but it will be my story. So it will literally be a modern day version of King of Clubs. And the reason why they wanted to do that is because they said they still want to do the film. So the reality is, I think what's going to happen, United Nation, um, Free Tech is run based out now. Yeah. Um, the United Nation UKG will be out later on this year. Yeah. I don't know when the TV series goes. It, sh- it could be this year. It could be next year. It depends on how, mm. how the planets align. But then once that goes, you then, go back in time then for the we film. Can go, this is actually the, the film. Because, but, and the thing is, it's about awareness, right? Mm. If, when, when, if United Nation, for instance, this documentary goes on Netflix, 180 million people could watch it around the world. So then straight away you've laid out the foundation. So when you go, right, we're doing a film about this now. You've got, you've the got audience. an audience. So it's yeah. about building up the awareness, building up the thing. Because a lot of people don't mm. connect Terry Stone with Terry Turbo. They don't connect. No. I used to be the rave promoter no. who's turned actor, producer. So... In, in essence, what this is doing is connecting the dots so that when we actually do come with it, people go, oh, yeah, that's that thing. I want to see that. Mm. Um, but we haven't talked about Fanatical. We need to oh, talk shit, about yeah, we've only got about 20 minutes left, but let's talk about Fanatical. So that was a weird one. When I, cu- I come from a meeting, and um, I'm always trying to get more work, especially, like, good, cool documentary films and stuff like that. But because do, you rem- do you remember, though, we actually talked about this on, on Fanged Up? 
What? Because yeah, yeah. Of the, because of the Port, Portsmouth football, and we yeah. was all pissed off. That yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, Terry, they were taking the piss out of me because well, you're not into football either, are no. you? Really? Well, that's what we were laughing about. We were yeah. like, "You're a lad. You're a lad comedian. I'm a lad actor, and both of us don't love football." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was funny, wasn't it? And then um, Richard's, or he's always his mind's going, and he, but he's a geek football. I mean, he loves Chelsea, doesn't he? I mean, he's, yeah. you know, he bleeds blue. So. He couldn't understand why I didn't like football as well. He's like. And, I'll, I, and the documentary is fun because you try and pinpoint why it is. Is it because cause my dad was into football, my brother played football, my right. uncle played for Brentford. Right. Do you know what I mean? So I was surrounded by football, but right. I, I think that I was just more interested in girls when I was in my right. teens. Do right. you know what I mean? And and being being a prat. Did your dad take you to football though? Um, no, uh, nah, 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 nah. See, my dad didn't either, and I think that's what it maybe is. The atmosphere. Yeah. Your, your dad. Every time the football's on, it's on the telly. If it's not on the telly, we're going to a game, son. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's on the pitch going, go, go, you know, when you're playing football. Whereas if you don't have that, yeah. I mean, I, I was the worst football player in the world. I used to kick people in the ankles and they used to just say, I'm not fucking playing with him. <laughs> yeah. but, so I, and I used to go, it's a stupid fucking game yeah. anyway, kicking the ball up and down. But I didn't I, get it. I never got it. I never got, I used to go and sit with my mates in the pub and I mean, I didn't mind because I'd just get pissed, but I'd right. be watching it. I'd be like, fucking great. Right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm still a massive boxing fan. Yeah, me right? too. Huge. But, yeah. but I've I've gone grown to love football, and I've been invited mm. to Chelsea, Man City, West Ham, mm. and Arsenal games, and I get it. But it's yeah. not. But it's not. You know. But if if I go and watch somebody and they don't win, it doesn't change my life. No. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not upset about it. That's why I love the documentary. So fanaticals out now. Um, but that's why I love number one. It is number one. Yeah. I yeah. had that bit of bit of sweet moment where. Yeah. United Nation free as a, 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 a drum and bass was number one yeah. for five days and then when we relaunched Fanatical on a Monday then that went to number one and we were number two and I was just like I'm, I'm happy because yeah. I've got my two of the films we produced in the top two you yeah know, you can say yeah. it's amazing but um, what I found really funny about and you've got to watch the documentary guys what I found really funny about it was meeting people that were fucking mad about football and yeah. some of them were nutters remember that woman there was a woman what in the Chukuzi yeah there was a, <laughs> yeah, she had like 34 <laughs> 34 tattoos of Jose. It was 100. No, nah, it's oh, like 34. <laughs> 34 tattoos of Jose Mourinho. She was, I don't know how old she was, must be coming on to her 70s. But she had the, the the mannequin in the bedroom and all that. Oh, mate, him. yeah. And uh, <laughs> she had a mannequin in the bedroom. And, and and Terry, this is what Terry's like, Terry, you know what you should do? Get her in a jacuzzi with Dabba. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. But she was all over me, mate. It was hard, though, wasn't it? You, you had to... F- Really think you was thinking about anything, so you didn't get a bonus. Oh yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, think about my grandma. Think about, and then I got another one. Um, and then you opened your eyes, and there was a grandma. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But she, um, she got, she got a tattoo of me. After. That is so funny. She got a ta- after I met her, right? Yeah, after I met her, we'd done the whole thing, and she was really flirty, man. She was right. like, oh, you know, my husband doesn't. You know, he doesn't mind that I fancy other people. I was like, what are you actually <laughs> saying? Like, but, um, and then I think someone rang me up or someone said, you know, she's gone and she's got a daffer tattoo. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. But you know when you made it when people are getting tattoos. Yeah, mate, I've got to go see it. Right. Apparently it's on her ass. <laughs> I've got to go see it. Get a selfie with it. I thought, do you know what, though? What, what I loved about the documentary was um, I thought the offside rule stuff with Jamie O'Hara was funny. That was funny. He, he was really he was disappointed. Great. And he did look like you, didn't he? I mean, and there was that, mm. that banter with uh, you could be like brothers and all that. Yeah. Um, well, when I, come out of, when I come out of Big Brother, a lot of people... No, when he was in Big Brother, I was getting tweets that added me for the whole season. People going, fucking Dapper Lass is in Big Brother. <laughs> but when I, sat, when I sat with him, when I sat with him, I've never seen like disappointment so much in a man's face I when, I d- under, when I didn't explain the offside rules. But, but if you look at him, right... 
he, he, I think, I think there was that thing where he was, you, you were looking at each other, mm. and uh, he probably was thinking, oh, he doesn't know anything like me, and you're probably thinking he doesn't know anything like me. But then people go, no, you do look alike, and and it was funny because yeah. when I, when you was actually said, I did actually think there is something. Yeah. Not a similar about you, and that's yeah. what was funny. Yeah. And then Glenn, Glenn Tampin was funny as well, wasn't he? Um, yeah, he's very emotional. That guy is cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he's he's he was sort of there jumping about, and 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 the highlight for me is, I know when we did, we did the documentary and we done all the stuff. Yeah. And you've been to San Paolo. You you went to the red light district, and um, you went into that place for a couple of hours and come out, and we said, "What happened?" You said nothing. Um, <laughs> I made my excuses and left. I was just doing research for the document. <laughs> Shut up, you dickhead. <laughs> I didn't go in no place. <laughs> I am joking. Yeah, yeah. Um, you did say we're talking bollocks. Yeah, yeah, we're just right. chatting bollocks. Yeah. So, um, um, <laughs> but the, the funniest thing was I said, you know, we haven't really done anything um, for the transgender community in this film, right? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I said, And I said, I wonder if, right, there is a transgender football team um, that we could actually interview and, and get Dapper to talk to, right? So I went and Googled a few bits, and um, the, the, um, there was one in Brazil, right? Mm. Well, I just thought we can't actually go to Brazil and film in Brazil because we didn't have the money. So I just thought there's got to be, there's got to be, right? Something. So, something, right? And then when I was Googling, up popped Lucy Clark, yeah. right? And then I looked at all the press, and it was all about how, you know, she's obviously a guy, and she decided she wanted to be a woman, and that. Uh, wife had stayed with her and then she you know, made the transition but, and she was still a ref right yeah. and I remember like saying you know let's, let's see if she'll do it you know and I remember Richard phoning up I don't know how we got hold of her but he phoned her up and she straight away went you're not going to take the piss out of me are you because I think she thought we were just going to fucking send her up and especially when you say Dapper Laughs is coming down to <laughs> to interview to yeah. interview <laughs> um, and um, what was lovely was um, we went no 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 we're not gonna take the piss out of you we just genuinely want to hear your side of the story and, and that wants to talk to you about you know when you actually decide that's what you wanted to do mm. if you had any prejudices when you was a ref and all that sort of stuff and i've got to say not only was she great in the film but yeah. she supported it she was on she put it on a radio she, show she was on talk radio oh, she was and all amazing that, yeah. amazing really supported it unlike razor ruddock who did fuck all right <laughs> yeah. but um but 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 you know she she really yeah. did promote it really did promote it and and so did jamie and so did you and and f in all fairness everybody else did everybody else yeah. you know got behind it but i think the that was a tough interview for me just on the just because you you know you're doing voices were you I, I was just like you know i don't uh, and do you know what she really uh, she broke the ice by cracking a couple of jokes first right 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 and because i was very nervous about obviously saying the wrong fucking thing Right, but what a because that could have boosted your career if you'd have said something controversial. That could have boosted your career. No, I didn't need that. I certainly did not need that. <laughs> you were like, "Thanks, Tell." Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, I thought to myself, "Is Terry just trying to fuck me up <laughs> with all this stuff?" But do you know what? One of my questions I wanted to ask, but right. was so difficult to ask without being condescending, was right. as if it's not being as if being a ref isn't right. bad enough. Right, right. Do you know right. what I mean? In regards to how people talk to you and deal well, with you, nobody likes refs today. No one likes refs. So to be like uh, quite a big, you know, quite a big manly looking with tattoos, right. transgender woman and a ref, and skirting around how to ask the question, uh, and she helped me. She yeah. just, she, you could you see know her what, helping though, me. The, the reality yeah. is, right, I mean, Lucy's been at a couple of her premieres, and, yeah. and um, you know, what, what makes me laugh, though, is because I think when you actually see her, 
you know, if, if I'm pretty sure if you did actually start down oh, and, and you was being rude, she would actually probably fucking, fucking knock you out. Right. Yeah. It's prob- yeah. That's probably why she hasn't yeah. been abused because people think actually that yeah. I don't want to fucking fight her. Yeah. Her, you know? but, but she um, was lovely and she thanked, she said yeah. afterwards that she was nervous and it was lovely. But, and, um, but I've, I've got a really, really funny um, story to share with you, right? And this will make you laugh, right? So, um, so, so, so Richard goes, you know, I spoke to Lucy, she's going to do it, it's the day, blah, blah, blah. Um, but she has got a request. Right? I went, okay, what's that? Um, will you send her a signed picture? And I was like, yeah, Rich, I'll send her a signed picture. Ha, 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 yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do it, right? So, you know, went. And then on the day of filming, he's, he's like, Lucy's ish, you know, where's the picture? And I was like, I thought you were fucking about, mate. <laughs> right? He went, no, no, no. He goes, Lucy loves Rise of the Foot Soldiers. She fucking thinks the Tony Tucker is really funny and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I was like, fucking, I thought you were joking. Right, yeah, like people say, oh, yeah, she f- fancies you or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and um, and then I said, okay, um, well, I, I will do it, but I haven't got one today. Mm. Um, and he said, well, can you do a video message? I went, yeah, sure. So I went, you know, hi, Lucy. So I can't be on the set today. Really appreciate you helping us. Great, you're in the film, and you know, thanks so much. And I'm I'm really happy that you're a fan of Eyes of the Foot Soldier, and you like me in my blonde wig, you know. So it was just sort of yeah, tongue in yeah, cheek, yeah. but just a nice message. And he sent it to her, and she's come and going, oh, she's, he didn't call me a cunt. I'm really disappointed. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but, but that's what I like yeah. about Lucy. She's got a sense of humour. Yeah, she has, yeah. Doesn't take herself too seriously. No, yeah. And, and you actually think, you know, and uh, you, you, that, that yeah. girl that you was in um, Big Brother with, India Willoughby, yeah. she's actually been to um, a, a few of their premieres as well. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, it's, and, and also, um, there's the other, um, the model, um, I can't remember her name, but... Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's all gone blank now, but um, yeah, it's it's great that you know. I I, I think look where we are now. People do whatever they want, yeah. and nobody really cares. You know, back yeah. if you'd have done this sort of twenty thirty years ago, people wouldn't have accepted but it. it but gives, I think now it, people just go, you know, so what if you it, want to do that? Do whatever you like. You yeah, know? it gives the, it, it does give the documentary some real nice difference, like divert not just diversity on a, a from a, a gender point of view, but actually, so. You know, you've got someone with the tattoos. You've got a football up. We've got the um, the hooligan. Yeah, Jason, uh, Jason was great. Mariner. He was fantastic, yeah. wasn't he? When you was playing footsie with him under the table. Yeah, he's yeah. He's <laughs> like, Fuck, stop playing footsie. Yeah, and he was like, also, uh, like you know, I didn't at this point. I thought to myself, I'm not even going to try and do any research about football. I'm right. just going to go and interview these people. So one of the things that's on the tr- you know the trailer where I say you know so where's Where's fourth division then? Is that <laughs> he's like it's under fucking third division, isn't it? You can't. And he's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Right. Do you know what I mean? But I do think I think he, yeah. he he's another one who's who's a funny guy, very and, funny. Um, yeah, I he's kept in touch with me actually. He's a good yeah. guy. I mean, what made me laugh about him was uh, he. Um, what I watched the McIntyre thing when they uh, stitched him up, yeah, him up, whatever it was, and uh, I remember. Um, Seeing it and laughing when it, when it, when he they sprung him and said oh you know you're under arrest this that, and the other and he starts going you fucking mongrels you old fucking mongrels and I was just laughing I've not let anybody call anybody a mongrel for years and because yeah. um, he was head of Chelsea Headhunters wasn't he yeah and then literally ten years later or whatever long it was when he when he was away he got out and he somehow got in touch with me um, about um, yeah because obviously when you've done a film like Rise of the Foot Soldier everybody then sort of says, oh, you know, I've got a story, I've got a book, you know. Mm. And, and it's great because it gives you opportunities to look at other things. Mm. And um, we were very close to doing something with him about the Chelsea Headhunters. But I think... Um, uh, was it, it Nick Nevin going to play him? I don't know. Apparently so, but I don't know. Yeah. But I, th- I think that was another production company. But 
I'd still like to do something with, with Jason because I like him. But um, I just said to him, I said, look, I said, we're doing this documentary uh, with Dan about yeah. he was football great. fans. And I said, would you like to be in it? And he went, yeah, sure. And the thing is, you know. <clears throat> it just um, gives that, 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 it gives that, obviously we've got to talk about that stuff about football. But also yeah. the, the great angle that he had with me was, look, you like beer, you yeah. like birds, and you like the other stuff, what, all, right. everything else that goes with going out. Yeah, how come you ain't never been to a fucking football game? Right. You would fucking love it. And uh, he just had this whole thing of like, it's definitely you, mate. Once right. you go, definitely. And he was like, did you used to have scraps when you was a kid? And I was like, yeah, of course. I don't mind that. I'm not very good at it, but I don't right. mind having a tear <laughs> up. Um, and he was going to take me to, oh, but I don't think he can, can he? Or is he? I think his band's just no, lifted. I think, I, do you know something? I don't know, but um, I know he's he's still a massive Chelsea fan. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's, I mean, look, he's, he's done, <coughs> he's done uh, uh, a couple of books about, yeah. His time in the terraces. He's done, uh, he does these events where he goes and talks about his days on the terraces. Yeah. And, you know, he's got he's got a bit of a profile. And, um, you know, I, th- I think somebody will at some point do a, a film. I think the issue with football hooligan films is there's been a lot being done. Yeah. And I think if you're going to do it, you've got to do it properly. You've got to spend money on it. And I think the issue is outside of the UK, unless you've got Tom Hardy playing. Jason no Mariner. one's interested. They're not interested. Just go, oh, it's a football game. Yeah. It's a low budget Brit thing. Um, but but I think you've got almost got to do it bigger than fucking Green Street or bigger, which it's, yeah, it's going to be hard, isn't it? I mean, I mean, the film business is tough, and I yeah. think the toughest part of it is um, you know with a foot soldier thing, obviously because it's a mm. franchise. You know, when you do another one, people are going to go and watch it. Yeah. Right? So you've kind of got a built an audience. Mm. Um, and certain things, like if you do a Christmas movie or you do a football documentary, you do yeah. a club scene documentary, people yeah. that are interested in that. You know, <laughs> people said to me, when I said to them, I'm doing a football fans documentary with Dapper and we're going to do this and we've got a lot of people turn their nose up at it and went, oh, who's going to watch that? Right? When yeah. I was talking to people, when I started ringing the DJs up about the, the drum and bass documentary, they were all like, you know, we do it for you, tell. But every fucking year, somebody rings and says we're doing the definitive drum and bass documentary. Yeah, and then they never come out. They're always shit. And I think, I think the only reason why these two documentaries are good is because you genuinely aren't a fo- football fan. Yeah, right. And when you watch it, you're not putting on a fucking show. That's you're just I don't mm. know what it means, right? Yeah. And that's what sort of humour comes out of the fact that, and then at the end of it, you kind of get it, which yeah. is good. But when we did the drum bass thing, because I was a raver, then I started putting on events, and then I sort of went for all the shit, and then I come out the other side, and then I've gone on to. You got your perspective producer. on it, yeah. Yeah, and people go, okay, well, what's the story? And okay, well, this is the story mm. that I experienced, but listen to the DJs, and yeah. you know, the DJs share the great stories. And the thing is, there was things that when we was talking, we were like laughing about, and I was going, fucking hell, yeah, I remember that. And and that's what people like to people like to see that, that the bots that well, I see nostalgia. Yeah, people like to see you remembering stuff as well and talking about it, it makes it feel real. Yeah, yeah. But um, we've only got about nine minutes left, yeah. so um, I just wanted to finish on. Uh, Are we yeah. just going to do a joke off now? No, we better not do that. Okay, uh, <laughs> it's definitely not. <laughs> You're not a good person to do that with. Um, no, what I was going to say to you is um, congratulations on Rise of the Foot Soldier, Marbella, because yeah. that's done well. You've started that. That's Done really well. well that's some gone, gone to uh, in its own right. Out of all of the films, apart from the first one, I think that that one stands alone. Do you know what's really weird? Um, and this is why they're making the Tony Tucker story next. Um, um, Rise of the Foot Soldier Five is because when when they did the third one, a lot of people were like, "Oh, you know, it's the same old thing." 
aren't the actors too old? You know, it's just a fucking rehash, blah, blah, blah. And then when we did the fourth one, we actually said, like, you know, nobody's ever really covered the Nigel Benn stuff. And we wanted Nigel Benn to play himself, mm. but because he's a born-again Christian, he said, look, it's drugs, it's violence, it's my past, I don't really want to think about it, but my son might play me. And then Connor actually did. He was good, wasn't he? Amazing. And yeah. he's going to feature more in the in, in the next one as well. But um, He looks good on camera as well, Amazing. He? he looks like his dad. I mean, you know, yeah. obviously he's slightly lighter skin, but when yeah. he had the tattoos and when he had the dreads, if you didn't, if you wasn't a boxing geek, you go, that's fucking Nigel Ben. Yeah. It was, you know, amazing how, how he sort of, you know, he, stuff his mm. dad done in the ring when he won and celebration and all that sort of stuff. Mm. But um, when we did the, did the Foot Soldier 4, they were sort of saying, you know, we want to make it funny. Yeah. And we said, well, let's, why don't we do a sort of Only Fools and Horses makes Goodfellas type thing. And yeah. we sort of ended up with that, which was good because it's rebooted the franchise. And, yeah. you know, there's only so many fucking things you know. Everyone's walking around going, "You can't, you yeah, mark, you can't, you mark." You know, so yeah, it's only you, so much. You but need, when you you need when you see comment. it, when you see, it's one of them ones where when you see it on uh, fucking uh, 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 Netflix. No, no. So, so what's happened with with, with the with, with that? Um, it was massive when it was released because they do a thing called a PVOD release, which means it goes in sort of twenty cinemas. Yeah, but on the same day you can watch it on Skybox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can watch it on Apple. You yeah. can watch it on like what we did with United Nations. Yeah. What we did with Fnatic. Yeah. You know, it's available for everyone because the most annoying thing for me as a as, as a filmmaker is you release it in the cinema and you don't know where people. You know, unless you're in every cinema in, in England, which is like five hundred fifty cinemas, which is massive amount of money to lay out. Yeah people aren't going to get in a car and drive 20 miles to go and watch the film. No. But if they don't just sit home and go, but watch that bang. Right, yeah, and it's, so one, it's, of, it's yeah. one of them ones that as soon as you see it, you think, oh, fuck it. Yeah. I'll watch that. Watch you know people yeah. getting their heads kicked in, they're taking drugs and it's going to be funny and it's great scenery and good music. Yeah. It's an easy watch. But that, but that so, 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 so it was like, it was number one in the independent film chart when it was released yeah. on digital. Um, and because it was so well received, Sky bought it straight away yeah. for the there's a thing called a pay TV slot. So they bought it. Channel Five went we're by the free TV slot, and Netflix didn't buy it, right? But the funny thing is, Netflix will buy it. But what will happen is they're going to have to wait two years yeah. because Sky have it for a year. So yeah, yeah. they're going to you know you took two years from that to be on Netflix. But the good thing is, this is the only film in the franchise that's getting a theatrical release in America. That's what I was going to say. That's yeah. mental. Yeah. Are they changing the name or anything? No, they just couldn't. Why is the foot soldier for my buyer? And uh, what's interesting is it goes out in the cinemas, but the company that's releasing it is called Vertical, and uh, they have output deals with TV and, and over there. You know, SVOD platforms like Netflix, Amazon, mm. people like that. So, so when it goes out there, it will go out like it did here, cinema, yeah. and then you can watch it on pay-per-view, but then it goes on the TV. And, and the thing with the TV and... The Netflix. I mean, once upon a time in London's going out in, um, uh, um, you know, in multiple territories. Um, mm. um, That's done well on Netflix. We were talking about yeah, that before. But in, in England, it's done really well on Netflix. Um, but when it goes, um, when it goes out, I've, I'm, I'm just waiting for the dates. Yeah. Um, but but that but, but when we get the dates, you know, I think they've got 65 million people in America that That's watch mad. Netflix. So 65 million people watching your film. You know, you just can't even believe that, you know, that's happened. I'll tell you what we're finishing on. I thought it was quite funny. The, um, 
I mean, I, I went over to Marbella to support your film. Yeah, and we had a good time, didn't we? We had a good time, yeah. I mean, it's always mash-up for me over in Marbella. Mash-up. But, but um, the fucking film premiere was crazy, man. Yeah. Like, I was, I was standing at the top of the stairs. Some geezer fucking started on me. Someone else threw him down the stairs. And then we went into the cinema and fucking right. right police come in and took him out. You no, couldn't get better promo for a fucking gangster film well, than that. I'll tell you what happened, right? So That was fucking crazy. So this guy, I, I, I can't, I, I recognised him, but he had a bottle of Hennessy that he drank. And yeah, he was, he was fucked, yeah. And he was like, going around, going around, and I was just like, fucking, he shouldn't really be in here. They shouldn't really let him in. Yeah, so um, like a VIP premiere, wasn't it? And there was one of the security guys there, and um, I think he said something to him, and he punched him down the stairs. That was Frankie, the guy yeah. with the beard. And <laughs> yeah, he, you wouldn't and fuck he, with him, would you, that Frankie? He was an ex, ex-Marine, right? So and he's in the film as a yeah, fucking yeah. heavy. <laughs> so, so then somehow this guy's got up and then decided to come in. And then I think one of the ushers went, you know, look, you know, you've been knocked down the stairs. I think you should go. And I think he went, oh, fuck off. I'm going to stab you. So the ushers then gone to the manager of the cinema and said, oh, there's a guy in there threatening to stab me. So then they've called the Cardia Seville, who you don't really want fucking you don't to want come to fuck in. With them, no. And the phone call was, uh, senior uh, man with knife threatening to stab people. So, in the cinema. So literally, they turn up, and they didn't turn up, you know, they had guns, they had fucking shields. <laughs> <laughs> and I was sat there, and see, I, I didn't see the guy get knocked down the stairs, right? So I'm sat in the cinema, and all of a sudden, I saw the door open, and all these fucking guys running with these shields, and I was like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> and then the guy, the guy starts shouting and screaming, and they start fucking beating him with the sticks and fucking pulling him around, cuffing Just him as the, the film was starting, wasn't it? And, yeah. and, 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 and I just kept shouting, it's a publicity stunt, it's a publicity yeah. stunt. <laughs> My, yeah, my mate was sat, Foxy was sat next to me, and Foxy goes, is this part of the fucking thing? I was like, I don't think so. He goes, but it's good, but they, oh, mate, just set the mood then for the film. Everyone was like, <laughs> fucking, let's get into it. But the it. party afterwards at Taboo was good, wasn't it? I it mean, was good, it was yeah. Good I can remember, I can remember I come in, I was I was one of those really annoying people that come in and went, Terry, where's my table? And you went, do I fucking work here? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He, he was like, do I look like I fucking work here? Go and ask someone that works here. And I turn around to Foxy and Foxy goes, yeah, well, fucking imagine if someone comes to you at one of, your, one of my shows, big shows, one of your friends comes Where's and says, where seat? am I seating? I'll be like... Hang on a minute, hang on, let me just get my phone out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I'll I realise... Put my, I put my, my torch yeah. on my phone and I'll yeah. take your yeah. seat. But that's what I'm always learning with you, Terry. What You know, how to deal with you. But thank you so much for coming on my podcast. That was wicked. So That was good fun. Two things that these people have got to do um, as soon as they've finished listening to this, and that's go and download the One Nation documentary. No, United Nation. United Nation. Three decades of drum and bass. Yeah, where can they get that? They can get it on iTunes. Yep. They can get it on Amazon. It's on BT. It's on Virgin. It's on Sky. It's on wow. Kootin. It's on Google Play. It's on the Microsoft Store. Everywhere. everywhere. Fucking everywhere. everywhere. And then, yeah, jump on iTunes and watch my fanatical documentary. Yeah, or Amazon. Amazon as well. Or, yeah. or, or Google or um, on the Microsoft Store. Wicked. Wicked man, thank you very yeah, much, Terry. Danny, baby. Thank you. Woo. That was chatting bollocks. Make sure you share the podcast. Tell people to listen and tune in and go follow Terry on Instagram. Nice. Bye. Yes. He's got a podcast, old spots and miles and miles of pubic lights. STG, fridge, freeze, he's a proper naughty geese. Chatting bollocks, shit stains, moist stains and airy touching. Jimmy Savile tracksuits from a mush and shepherd's bush. Bush, 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 bush. He'll make you laugh, he'll make you wee. He'll shag your mum for no money. A maphrodite hat on the door. Don't cry, it's only a joke, you silly mush. <laughs> Don't stress, beat the beat. Moist, Jerry's on eat. Don't.
stress, beat the beat, say take a seat, airy feet, not much air, massive tits, beat the beat, beat the beat, airy feet. You're listening to Chatting Bollocks of Daniel O'Reilly, what a plonker he really is. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey, it's Kat. And actually, it's Pat. And actually, we're randomly the host of a podcast called Seek Treatment. And to Pat, tell them what's it, what's it about. It's actually a podcast about boys, sex, dating, and love. Each week, we invite an exciting guest. And we do our very best not to be boring towards them or even towards you, the listener. We try to say interesting things that are actually so hilarious that you laugh your ass off. And after your ass falls the heck off, we guide our guests towards the most important question of all. Who are you? Who, who are, are you? you? And, and who, who do you, you want to be? be? So if you liked what this was. Have you heard this and said, <laughs> I love what this is. <laughs> then like and subscribe. To seek treatment. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.